Deerfield listeners, let's ride. I am your host at Deerfield Hop, Chris Hopper with two Ps, as always, joined by at Dan Thurry, at Beerfield Thurry, at Thurry BFF, at, I don't know, his name's Dan Thurry. That is, that is my name. That is your name. That's been the whole time we've been doing the show, and even before that. <laughs> Yay. And Ryan Miner underscore FFP. Look at us. We're here early on a Friday afternoon. We are here early on a Friday afternoon. Black Friday episode. Um, decided to knock this out of the way. Dan's already played some disc golf this morning. I've already brewed a beer this morning. And I'm Clark Griswold. And yeah, Ryan's <laughs> been hanging here some <laughs> And I'm Clark Griswold. I'm Clark Griswold. Uh, yeah, at Beerfield on the Twitter, at Beerfield Podcast on YouTube. Uh, we have not signed up for our $8 a month blue check mark yet, so... And won't be. We got a uh, week 12 preview for you today. All the questions you could want answered. We're going to answer them. We're going to preview what's left of week 12. Anyway, we didn't do this before Thursday just because of life and stuff like that. So we'll we'll preview what's left of Thursday. Latest on news and ins and outs. Um, and some uh, some league discussion. Uh, some, you know, we talk uh ethics and decision making and all that fun stuff a lot on this show and we uh dan and i found ourselves in the middle of one of those kerfuffles so we're gonna we're gonna discuss this kerfuffle wasn't really a conflict nobody was mad or anything like that just a little little disagreement so we're gonna discuss that and how that went and you know spoilers the outcome was good but we'll talk about it before we do that though i believe was that right I said that's no fun when there's no controversy and no no arguments. Uh yes, it is. As a commissioner, it's fucking great. <laughs> the, last <laughs> thing, the last thing I want is for shit to go awry. Yeah, it's fantastic when everyone can act like fucking adults. Yeah. Oh, that's no fun. I'm sorry this league isn't like Twitter. Yeah. Or, or Facebook or, or anything like that. This was actually people acting like adults. What's fueling beer fueled? Whoa, Dan, what are you drinking? I am, uh, you know, we mentioned, uh, I think, I don't know if it was on air off that I'm oh. doing, you know, it's Black Friday. It's the blackest Friday for the for the bar community that does a lot of craft beer. So it's big barrel age days to release the Bourbon County. So uh, in natural fashion, I do not have Bourbon County. I have my own shit. Uh, and by my own, I mean by the brewery I work for. So I have some Dose Vidania. Nice. I'm doing the, the s'mores variant. Um, I do have the rye in my fridge. Nice. Um, I'm doing the s'mores variant for this year. I have not had a chance to get my hands on anything for this year, so I got one of last year's variants from Distill. Um, I did go pick up some Bourbon County this morning. I did not hunt it. Don't ever hunt that. I just when I started meshing in, I was going to get some McDonald's. The Schnooks is right next to the McDonald's, so I ran in there and 
was able to pick up a 30th anniversary in this year's release. So, but not keeping with the trend. I am not doing Bourbon County. We typically save Bourbon County stuff for draft night. So, um, I also have Dos Padania. This is one of last year's variants, though. This is a chocolate peanut butter. Um, with it being a year old, some of that, and it's also a different can. I got yeah, an, they, I'm, I'm gonna they changed the up the labels. No, look at the bottom. There's a printed can. I know. Some sort. This is what happens when you know you you pre-buy and you print your cans and you have a shit ton of cans mm-hmm. and you have to be you know flexible with the cans that you're using. So fair enough. We have uh we have thus moved to all printed labels, which makes the world of of uh of making you know of canning beer a lot better because you're not having to use predetermined cans. Gotcha. So this is a, a cocoa stout, or this is an imperial barrel aged stout with peanut butter and cocoa nibs. Um, more on this about halfway through. Obviously, graded on a curve because I've been, you know, it is a year old, and some of that peanut butter is gonna have fallen off. So, so one thing with getting variants, by the way, age the base stuff. Typically, don't age variants. Especially, yeah. yeah. So drink your fresh when it comes out, huh? Yeah. For anything that's a variant that has adjuncts in it, like fruit or peanut peanut butter flavoring doesn't really fall off too bad. But anything that's got like fruit in it or, you know, uh, spices, things like that, that will tail off over time. So, yeah, drink those fresh. You do not want to sell those for very long. You want to treat them like IPAs. Obviously, oh, it's not going to be like go completely different. The longer you hold on to it, it's just mm-hmm. you're going to lose. It's not going to be as rich. Yeah, it won't be as intense. Yeah, mm-hmm. like IPA, so you have like two to three months max, and then it starts to like crap after a while. A hot flavor starts to curtail, and it becomes really muddled. Yep. Yeah. All right, I have Duclaw Brewing's company, Sweet Baby Jesus Chocolate Ooh, Peanut Butter Porter. That's <laughs> a good one, too. The darkest days today. We're all drinking black yeah, beer for, for Black Friday. Why not? That's yeah, right. it's a good Blackest beer. Friday. Uh, I, don't, I don't celebrate it, but hey, Blackest Friday for you. Black Beer Friday for Stubborn Jordan. Shout out to those guys. I'm sure they're killing it. So, um, yeah. All right. Cool. We're going to talk about before we jump into the news, we are going to talk about that league thing. So, Dan, um, why don't you go ahead and start this off? Because you obviously knew about it before the rest of us caught wind of it. And then I'll kind of jump in at the point when. When I jump in, when I'll I would jump in and set real up. Life. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll do the setup here. So we have a uh, we have a battle going on for the one hundred and one, uh, and one of our our league mates, um, you know he's he's got Kyler Murray in the starting spot. Right, he's got this is a single QB league. So Kyler Murray, Davis Mills are his two quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, the last couple of weeks, for those of you who I know has been writing the questionable tag and ruled out the last two weeks. Um, last week, so week 11 or week 10. Week 11. Um, well, I mean, yeah, not this actual past week, but, you know, two weeks because he's been on, he's uh, been out for two weeks. So got it. Dating back to week 10, um, he didn't take Murray out, right? So mm-hmm. starting QB slots week, or, you know, is posting a zero. I, I think because I, he played you. No, he played you this week. Um, I think that didn't affect the outcome of that game. Um, spoiler alert, neither of this happened, but, um, or neither of the games were affected by it. But when you're going yeah. for, 
top pick, regardless of who the top players are, you know, just like with top spots, people can get really feisty with with wanting that first overall pick or just they want things to be, to remain fair. You want things to be played out right. Yeah. It was brought to my attention. Um, this individual has had zero problems with. I played with him for five plus years through multiple, multiple leagues, and it's just never been an issue at all. Um, no. This individual works, you know, you know, full time job in the food industry. So a lot hard, of hours, not a lot of time to sit on his phone. Yeah. It's not like me. <laughs> where, right. Yeah. Where I'm the exact opposite in terms of being able to be on my phone. I'm on my phone constantly because I have to be. Um, yep. So it, it got missed. Um, Murray that week was a true game time decision. Um, there, there was shades of, if him going out, but regardless didn't happen. Um, my first mistake is I, I should have probably reached out and said something then, but, uh, knowing this individual, I, I, I thought for sure we'd be fine. Yeah. So again, mistake one, if you notice an issue, just bring it up Re- respectfully. Don't be dick about it. Be respectful. Say, Hey, I know it's this, this guy brought it to my attention. Everything okay, you know. Yeah. And then come Monday night, you know, again, you know, a Cardinals playing Monday night. It's a lot different than week 10, mm-hmm. whereas it was, I think, a noon game or a 325 game. It this was a 325. It was a 325. Ask yeah. me how I, we'll get to how I know that in a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this week, obviously, Monday night, this week for week 11, obviously, Cardinals are playing and no more games left. And he see he's still on Davis Moses has already obviously played. Now I am literally waiting to see if, if he picks up Colt McCoy, because he doesn't have Colt McCoy yet. And no one picked Colt, him up. And Colt yeah. McCoy is available. He was yes. on waivers, okay. yes. Okay. One QB league, you're not gonna get you won't get backups. Generally picked up. Doesn't happen. Obviously, at this point, I've had multiple people reach out to me um wanting to basically pick up McCoy and put him in a spot um, with just out of it. So at this point I have, I'm messaging them. This is individual at hand told them I'm going to create a poll and we're going to let the league mates decide if we should put in McCoy, I should pick up and put in McCoy. Um, He calls me immediately. He feels horrible. Like, again, this guy, no issues before he calls me up. He completely forgot about it. Again, you know, food industry, super slant. 14 leagues, too. Yeah, he's in a lot. That's just football plus fantasy basketball and some other Yeah, so uh, as someone who understands the grind of many leagues, there are leagues that you are going to favor more. Just like the children you love more, you're going to favor them more (laughs) than the ones that, yeah, you know, you know. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know I do that, yeah, right? I love no, my no, son. The, I love my son the most. Yeah, that's right. And uh, this is a league he's not competitive in. So, you know, you go through the motions through the leagues. You're going to set lineups. Guys that are questionable, you're going to have in. Because in their mind, in my mind, when I go through this, you're setting the best roster you can. And then Sometimes, you adjust. You're just yeah. from there. Yeah. That's, absolutely. So he calls me. We talk. He says, he, you know, we apologize. I asked him, this is okay. He says, yes. Yeah. So I do it. And this is where, you know, the two people involved that reached out to me were happy about it. And this is where Hopper took yeah, some concerns to it. And I'll let you, you know. Yeah. It. So I didn't see the the poll or anything like that because I was also working all day I, on I, Monday. I, super slammed. I also deleted, which is, again, probably a mistake. Yeah. I deleted the poll after everything was figured right. because I was, I, I was in a one track mind of getting this solved. 
Right. So I saw Sean say I didn't get a chance to vote. And then I just saw Commissioner Powers used to do this. And so the story I told myself, shout out Brene Brown, if you don't know what the story I tell myself is, the story you make up for a situation. So the story I told myself is Dan forgot to put him in. Um, Sorry. Is that the person, it wasn't you, no. the person forgot to put him in, Um, reached out because he forgot to put him in, said, holy crap, I forgot this. And then it was done. Not that somebody else reached out. So I had a situation the week before. This is not, to my knowledge, called out in bylaws anywhere how this gets handled. I had a situation the week before was very similar, but not quite the same. So this league has kickers because Dan and I, being fans of teams in the NFC North, both understand the good value of kickers. <laughs> um, so, this, so this league has kickers, um, and I'm a fringe playoff team. I had Matt Prater in my lineup last, week 10 um, when he was questionable. And on Sunday morning, he was ruled out. Tristan Vizcaino promoted before the 325 game. With it being a 325 game, I missed it. Um, I caught it later that night that I had missed that. Um, and it may, I don't know who it would have been that I would have picked up off waivers. There would have been somebody there. Ended up losing that week by six points. So it's viable that, you know, kicker is the difference in that game for a fringe team. So when I see this happen, my concern is this isn't called out in the bylaws anywhere. And I just ate one for making the same mistake of not putting somebody in. You know, if we can get bailed out in that situation, because again, I don't know that other people have reached out to this point. I'm like, if we can get bailed out in that situation, you know, where's my bailout? Can we go pick me a kicker up off waivers and put him in and steal that win for me? Because it has playoff implications, <laughs> right? I'm in this mess of teams that are fighting to make the playoffs. So, you know, it's got big implications. Um, And so respectfully i say pretty much that like i'm not being accusatory of anybody doing anything i'm just like yo if this is allowed like you know why didn't we know this was allowed and i kind of sarcastic because i know dan's not going to go back two weeks and three isn't going to go back two weeks and you know fix a lineup from two weeks ago we talk about this shit enough that's stupid he's not going to go back and do that yeah but principle of the matter is if this can happen for this guy why can't this happen for me now? Why couldn't I have, when I realized I made a mistake and missed it because I was busy and not paying attention, gotten this done? So I call that concern. Dan's like, you know, Thurry is like, yeah, I see, uh, I see your point. Um, he's like, you know, I see this is the box that I didn't want to open by doing this. And then uh, one of the gentlemen fighting for the first round pick is like, you know, okay, but why should I be punished? from this dude sitting in an invalid lineup or starting an invalid lineup. So it's a situation like, okay, I see that too. Why should you miss out on the one one because somebody set an invalid lineup, but why should he get the bailout of picking somebody up off waivers? You know, the commissioner picking somebody off waivers and starting him when I just lost a game from that exact same scenario where somebody was in my lineup that didn't play and I missed that they didn't play. And oh, was it wait before we go any further? Was this both in the same league or is this two separate same, leagues? Same this league. is the same league. Okay. Same league. Yep. Trying, right. same league. So it's like, you know, why does you know if this is gonna be how this works, then 
we should have known this is how this worked from week one so that if you miss something you got it corrected we all know that if we miss something and say it right away if there's a technical error or something like that but if we're just not paying attention you know for me it's like all right i gotta eat that that's why i didn't say anything because i wasn't paying attention i knew he was questionable that's on me i gotta eat that um so anyway bring it up and then we discussed it a little bit more and you know it, really my big issue with the move is that you pick some is that somebody was picked up off waivers yeah to make that change not somebody that was already rostered because it's not just and again i didn't know other people had reached out you know but to me it's like okay not only did you not make that roster change you weren't even prepared to make that lineup change you weren't prepared to start colt mccoy over kyler murray kyler's not been playing for two weeks and you didn't roster him so you weren't even prepared to do that so why do you get the bailout um and you know everything dan said is true this is a guy that you know has never been an issue setting lineups everybody in this league is very attentive um you know not gonna do anything malicious but the end result of that was something happening that i could have benefited from a week ago and didn't and couldn't so call it out talk it over um you know we ended up landing on the solution that you know putting colt mccoy in wasn't the right move swap in davis mills instead because he was already on the roster you know, treat it like dude was incapacitated for some reason, put in the guy that's already on his roster um, and play it that way because then it's a valid lineup. You know, the dude, other guy fighting for the one-on-ones appease, I'm appeased because you didn't pick somebody up off waivers. It's not a perfect solution because Davis Mills had already played, but it's the best solution you can have. It also gives him the benefit of the doubt because he was busy and he was working. That's That's where we landed. But oh yeah, that makes more sense now. I yeah. like that way. That way, like that way better. Yeah, I mean, like so. During this, I you know, obviously very transparent. I I this has been a decision that that weighed on me the whole time because like it's yeah. not pointed out. It was I don't want to subject to now having to play God for people, right? If they fuck up. Now, obviously, we're gonna. I it's funny enough. I pulled up the I, I pulled up the bylaws because I I still have them. I have them written down. If you start an invalid roster, you're going to get a warning, mm-hmm. right? And subject to being potentially kicked out if this is a reoccurring issue. Obviously, we haven't. I haven't looked at the bylaws in a while. This league has turned into everyone knows everybody. Besides, you know, for the most part, or, or has played with each other long mm-hmm. enough to where this isn't just a, a random league. And Hopper brought up a fantastic oh, point of would this would have been handled differently had this not been a group of friends. And yes. that is where that what's really started to turn my gears is, is that even if, if someone asked me that on here, I don't know what I would answer because even when it seems potentially obvious, there's a lot of context that goes through it. Yep. If you're not a commissioner, like not having like not not have gone through that or gone something close to that, you're not going to get the insight of having to deal with that before. And also, no matter how much you like, no, no matter how fine tuned you set your in laws or your in laws, your bylaws, your <laughs> no matter how much you read that, yeah, no matter how much you set up your bylaws and how specific you are, do, 
something's going to happen. going to be where, shit that's not covered. Yeah. And that's why you should always talk. That's why, even though it, I don't think I handled it right. Um, that's why we talked. You know, you know, we, we talked. We, we even voted on 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 the removing of, of Colt McCoy for Mills. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. We didn't get enough votes. No one voted. But five people voted. That's it. So I kept it because he didn't. It didn't reach majority. It didn't, it didn't matter. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it didn't matter because the Cardinals' defense, which was used to play against him, went negative. Mm-hmm. So regardless of the zero spot or player in there or not, the outcome would have remained the same. Yes. So that doesn't matter. It's context, and you, you want to have accountability, and you want to be consistent with your decision making. So for for the listeners out there that are commissioners or want to commission the league, you know. This doesn't happen often. I've ran this league for six years. This is the first, first time, time this has ever happened. It is not a common thing. And even if you know people, this isn't common. Make it make bylaws. You want to have bylaws, let the league be able to see them, obviously have access to them. And then every single year, go over them. And everyone in your league should, honestly, everyone should. And then go through to make sure that you you do the best you can to keep it as competitively fair as possible. And vote on changes, because that was the first thing that yeah. we all agreed on, is we need to vote on how to handle this in the future as far as, you know, what type of adjustments will be will be made. Um, and I have ideas. Yeah. Um, for what yeah. I do. You know, for me, from my stance, so even if you're playing in a league and you see something that you don't agree with, challenge it respectfully. You don't need to make accusations, personal attacks, throw fit, anything like that, just, you know, challenge it respectfully. I was challenging it on, on principle of, all right, you know, regardless if this type of change can be made, it should have been made, you know, known that this type of change can be made because then I would have taken advantage of it to pick up a win potentially a week ago may not have mattered, but you know, it's the principle of the matter of if this is going to be applied in week 11, we should have known we could do this the entire season. Yeah. And the reason that I asked you the way that I did about would you do, you know, what would you say if this was asked on the show is because I was surprised you did it because we talk about this stuff a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. So I like to think I have a feel for where you'd land on certain things. And I was honestly surprised that that was that that was how that went. It caught me off guard a little bit because of how much we talk about it and and, you know, just kind of where that that landed. Now, again, the piece of context that I was missing was that, you know, other people had reached out to you that it wasn't the team owner that had reached out to you or the team manager that had reached out to you to make that change. It was an opponent or another league mate that did it. That was yeah. the context that I was kind of missing because I thought that, you know, the team owner had reached out to you. Yeah. Is where I was at. Either way, it doesn't really change, you know, the fact, but I guess. My advice on that situation is if you're going to challenge something, challenge it respectfully. And like Dan said, if you're a commissioner, talk it over with the league. Make sure it's something that's agreeable to most. Now, it's going to be hard to find something that's agreeable to everybody, but yeah, make sure it's something that's agreeable to most. And if you're going to challenge something, there's no need for, you know, there's no need to make it personal. Yep. So that well, was what I dealt with. Too. And a fun thing you could do too is like do like a rule where, uh, every team must field like a starting roster or there's like some sort of fine. Don't kick them out, but say like there's a fine. Cause like, I mean, I do, I do warnings and it's not like I haven't dealt with this before where I've had owners who who don't 
like I've this, had people self-report this yeah. year. Yeah. Last year, I had somebody through multiple through multiple warnings to it. I don't do the fine stain. I don't do like I no, don't. You just you straight up booted him and said you're not I, coming back next year. I was we like got a replacement. And I'm sorry. I don't want the draft to be affected because someone made a mistake. Right. And if it's your multiple mistakes, I don't want to play with you because what's to stop you from doing this again? And yep. what's stopping from it being a further detriment? If yep. you don't want to play, don't just tell me. Like I, I, I ask everybody, I'm nearly everybody every year. Most people I can decide by this point they're going to play next year, but I'll ask people and they'll say, yeah, I'm in. All right, cool. At that point, if you go through, you know, multiple problems with your lineups and in the night the lineups and I've given you multiple warnings. I'm going to, I'll pay your money back. And the bylaws, I even said, I'm not giving you money back at this point. It's 25 bucks. I will give you your money back and I will boot you out the league. Cause I don't really fucking care anymore. Like if you don't take it seriously, it's I want you gone. Yeah, and I don't right. like, I don't that, want, to, you know, to keep giving people second chances mm-hmm. and then I, yeah, no, no. Yeah, and that was not this situation. No, not, you know, this, no, not, no. not a situation. Not, that one was an honest mistake because I had the same thing happen to one of my leagues where I had an inactive roster. Because I've done it this year. By I didn't pay attention. We all yeah. do it, yeah. Shit, I did I it two said, weeks ago. That's why I had a legitimate <laughs> argument. <laughs> yeah, it, it I had a Saturday night. I had a Saturday night inactive, and I didn't go up and pick up anyone the next day because I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Because I was like, I mean, oh, because it was, it was an IDP league, and I, I didn't think of the IDP player, and I forgot that the other guy I had, too, was already out. And so I get an email that Monday morning saying I set out a legal lineup. I'm had to pay a five dollar fee to drop a guy, pick up the guy that who's projected for the next highest points, and also pay a twenty five dollar fee on top of that. But they said that since it's my first violation, they go, "We're just going to waive it." But let you know that hey, yeah. the rule is in the bylaws. Go read it. And I'm like, oh, if it's shit. in the bylaws, it's all fair in games, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's really what they're. That's really what that'd be know, a cool thing to, to do a, is like a charity pot too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But, but to put a bow on it, you did the right thing. By loss, just yeah. And the then, end, yes, yeah. at the end of the day, it ended up, I think, right. I think that had we come here and talked about the situation, you know, Ryan, I guess, yeah, you you agree with the the end outcome, and yeah, I I just think if you have a valid player on your bench, that that should be the first default. That's what we're gonna yeah. vote on later on. If, but if you have a valid player on your bench, that should be the first default, and it's just a match. But you know, in any event, I didn't even think that. I didn't even think that. Yeah, like I didn't yeah. even think like it was. It was always about is he going to pick up Colt McCoy, and that was right. where my mind was. It like literally, it was I want to get this taken care of. Right. I didn't. I didn't even think about the outcome. I I knew what 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 could happen in the future, but I, like nothing crossed my mind and this is also why it's like maze you should you should be looking at other people like you should help oh yeah i won't I, say police but you should definitely make sure like like sometimes your league mates as we just talked about will just forget you want to do a, a friendly reminder i had yeah i had that in another one of our leagues where uh with a well it's weird it's like a league that's a hybrid of a bunch of other leagues i play in. that's like a mishmash of the people from those yeah um where you know i caught I took over an orphan that's in contention for the number one pick. And there was somebody else in contention for the number one pick. And the week that I played them, I saw that they had people in their lineup, Marquise Brown that had been out for multiple weeks by that point in time. So I went back and looked and noticed that, you know, they were like three, four weeks in and not sitting in an invalid lineup. So that's just a, 
or not setting a valid lineup. So that's just a message to the commissioner and, you know, the guy that's helping co-commission it, the, Hey, you know, um, just notice this, you know, can you reach out and, you know, take care of this because, you know, this isn't right. You know, I'm setting a valid lineup every week and I'm still in the number one spot, but this is the closest person for it. And they're not, but yeah, commissioner can't check 12 teams every week in addition to their own. It's a lot of work. So you gotta, you know, help out and just, reported up it's not being a narc ever i think everybody that plays fantasy sports seriously wants to play them correctly fairly and consistently exactly and this dude was um, super apologetic too by the way it, it definitely was not malicious and it never crossed my mind that it was yeah nope yeah exactly so assume positive intent and we'll leave it at that let's go ahead and get into the news um we're gonna get to what i have written down and then we can think of anything else I missed. We'll hit that. Um, so starting off, Leonard Fournette, doubtful for Sunday's game against the Browns. That means Rashad White will draw a start. Keyshawn Vaughn will back him up. And I have a boner just reading that. Right? <laughs> Again, Leonard Fournette cannot be active for all games. One like he is yet. That streak is still going. Wait till we get the DFS side of this. You're going to oh love it. God. Oh, yeah. He's going to be cheap. Rashad White? He's going to be super chalk everywhere. That's like. And cash is great when you play in those big ass prize pools. Is where you want to, you know, it 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 does factor into how many times he's in your lineup. But anyways, um, Rashad White to the moon, like a like I as Opperman as he mentioned, he can't contain himself. I I've, I've been popping a boner for for twelve days now. So. Oh, not gonna overlap. Probably should days. see a doctor. Probably should see a doctor by this point. Ah, uh, you're good. I'm not uh, dead right now. So as long as it's not turning purple, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just won't go down. Uh, Jerry Judy is going to miss week 12 against Carolina, so he's been out the last couple weeks. He is going to miss again. Not a whole lot to get into there. Uh, Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown set to return from injury this week, and the Cardinals will be at full strength for the first time all season. Going to be fun. We're going to see what they're made of. They're I'm not, really curious with Hopkins and uh, Brown how that's going to pan out. It's a tough road to the playoffs for them with their loss last uh, on Monday night. So, actually, they're not at full strength. They don't have Zacherts, but from a wide receiver perspective, they're at full yeah. strength. This is the best they've had all it's year. The best they've been all all year from a from a know, health wide receiver from a playmaker standpoint, personnel standpoint. We'll say it. Yeah, Hopkins got himself suspended, but you know. Either way, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be see how that target volume, fun to see how that target volume plays out. Uh, we know that Marquise Brown was very, very viable in the absence of Hopkins. Um, Dorch actually another good game last week. So I mean, this off with Colt McCoy. So this offense probably can support two wide receivers, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Deshaun Watson set to return from suspension this week. He has not necessarily been named the starter, but I think all expectations are that he's going to start. Um, this one's also going to be interesting too, keeping it purely football related because dude hasn't taken a snap in a year and a half. It should be next week, right? I think he's set to return next week. Yeah, against Houston. Are we? Yeah, because we're in week twelve. We're in week twelve, right? He comes back week thirteen. I thought it was eleven game suspension. It is because they had the buy. 
The buy is ah, part of their buy. Got it. It's part of the 11 games. Got it. I'm throwing off. Okay, he'll be back next week against Houston. Ignore that. I can't count. <laughs> I'm thinking week 12. He's missed 11 weeks. I forgot about the bye week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave Njoku back this week. So he'll. we know what that was with Jacoby Brissett. So that'll be good for tight ends. Woo. Uh, Justin Fields, true game time decision and Bears beat reporters said they do not expect him to start. He, she should. They should shut him down. Honestly, this is uh, we've as someone who's not a Bears fan, but a huge Fields fan, obviously make that very well known. Um, I think we've seen a lot from him. I think we've seen enough to to say that the Bears should make a real attempt to stick with him and uh, shut him down this season. Try to solidify a top draft pick and make those decisions there. Obviously, they finish high enough; they could yield the chance to trade back or continue to add legitimate players. Either to the O line, receiving core, probably you know even across the D line and linebackers. Yeah, um, you know what you're looking at right now is draft position, and they are still in contention for even the number two overall pick. And if things break really right, they could still be in contention for the number number one overall pick. But you still have a top three pick. You're not going to make the playoffs this year. You've seen. The last four weeks, the development of Justin Fields and what he can do, there's no positive and no upside that I can see to starting him. Yes, it's the non-throwing shoulder, but the way he plays, you know, the there's a huge risk of of entering that more. I'm not a doctor, just from his play style. And, you know, for the Bears right now, it's all about draft position. And well, sorry. For the Bears this year, it was all about draft position and the development of Justin Fields because, like you just mentioned, they need they need pass rush, they need linebacking help, they need wide receiver help. Um, o line's actually been good, surprisingly. Yeah, but yeah, you know they got help that they need across the board. They don't need a quarterback, so if they get a top two pick, you can get a haul to trade back. But for the good of the franchise and looking at this long term, the best thing that they can do is sit Justin Fields. You've seen enough out of his development and out of him, and you've seen a ton about the character this year. He's the guy. And I don't think there's any question that he's the guy for the next, you know, five to eight years, depending on his longevity because of his play style. So now you got to build around him, and you're going to do that through the draft. So it, you know, I, I outside of Bayless Jones, um, the regime showed that they could draft. The Brisker's been great. Their defensive picks have played very, very well. Uh, their own line moves have panned out very, very well. The only thing that's bitten them is Bayless Jones. Got to get a real wide receiver. Yep. But yeah, there's no reason to play Fields. None. You don't think they jump for Will Anderson Jr. at a uh, pick two that they had for get the edge player. Now with uh, they could, they could. Robert Quinn and was like basically they train away their two defensive players that they had. They need pass rush, and they they absolutely could. I don't know how deep edge is this year, but you know, I think, yeah, it just depends. I don't think they would move out for a quarterback needy for a you know non QB needy team. But if they get a QB needy team that comes calling, you know, maybe. Again, I don't know how deep uh how deep edge is, but 
He's one of many, but he's he's the best of the best of them. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is that they have the secondary, right? So if they can get a pass rush, all of a sudden that defense is in great shape. Yeah, that's why I think they would go with that, too. Because the Lions, like, they, they won't trade up the Lions. The Lions won't. I mean, they have the Rams pick. The Rams pick, as of right now, is up to six. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Um, You know, the other thing there as well is for the Bears, it's going to depend a lot on what you know, the free agent class looks like. I don't know what free agent pass rushers look like either, but, you know, they've got a lot to weigh because they have all this cap space and if they're going to have draft capital to go with it, they can slice that however they want to. Yeah. They're in a great spot and this is going to be Ryan Poles' to make or screw up, but they can slice that however they want to. So it's going to depend on, you know, free agency as well if they might want to move back from that pick. God, the amount fifty million more than the second team with the highest. So Atlanta, <laughs> they have one hundred and sixteen million. Atlanta's got sixty six. I I'm excited because you figure a top three pick with the most cap space, and you already have your quarterback, and you have a really good secondary. Like that roster already has pieces. I smell a competitive window coming. It's all gonna really. It's gonna. It's gonna hinge on how they draft. How they spin, and it's, spend, gonna be, yeah. it's gonna stop. Paul. It's gonna start with how the free agent pool lines up for the for their key spots. Wide receiver is pretty thin, um, right now. That's why I want them to take a wide. That's why I want. Yeah, you know them to go wide receiver in the draft with. Uh, oh shit! Who's the dude that picket that made picket look good? Jordan Addison. Yeah, and uh, Smith and Jigba. There's a, you know, and, and I then obviously the draft. So we've seen we've seen teams go super heavy, all in on spending, and, and at times it doesn't work out. Um, you still got to find the right chemistry and mesh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think polls has made, you know, you can't get them all right. We talked about Phelous Jones, but I, th- I think I think the decisions that have been made, even with the trading of Quinn. And Smith have have really pointed to this team as we're going to rebuild through the offense, and then we'll have you know if they feel confident enough with how they draft their defense and their rotational pieces that, that they can figure that out. It's the Bucks where the defense lagged behind the offense a little bit. Yeah, I mean it, it's a common build right now with how the rules are set, with how the yeah. league's moving towards that. So it's it's I think it it is better to build through that offense, become explosive. You're asking your defense not to be the best for 60 minutes, but you're asking your defense to make the key plays. And that's well, why we've seen teams like Minnesota be, be nine and two. And for that yeah. offense, right? Looking at the wide receiver core, if the line's already good, the quarterback's already good. And you've got your two running backs deep, although Montgomery's probably going to walk. So they need somebody, but Herbert's good and still on a rookie deal. Um, all you need is that top end wide receiver because Moody and Claypool are completely fine as a two and a three. But you're also going to have to overpay for them though because uh, Chicago's not like a destination area that people want to go play at. So not it could be like a uh, Christian Kirk type of deal again. Well, what makes you say that, right? You've got a offense on the up and up, a QB on the up and up that's a proven leader, and you see a team entering a competitive window. If you're a free agent, why would you not go play for him? But I'm not talking free agency. I'm talking I wanted to draft a. A top end receiver. Oh, and yeah, no, I agree. The pass rush and free agency. I mean, I think with the trading of Claypool, they're they're not locked into taking receiver day one. 
and it and it does give them the flexibility to go, you know, you know what the trenches piece is, O line, D line, um, and just continue to build the depth there, which we know is the most important thing. Is you know that's kind of where you want to start building from, anyway. D line specifically, because the O line actually, Justin Fields has had more time in a clean pocket to throw than anybody else. When I looked at the stats a couple weeks ago, and they were, I think, top eight in run blocking. It's insane. It's the same when you watch the games because it, if it does not, it's like it's the same thing you know when with Munich comes to Minnesota, it just not it it it, it doesn't feel that way. Well, and what right. it, when you look at the at numbers all. though, also the problem was that this goes back to to Fields' development as a passer, and I you know I'm going to continue to to harp on this. Right, the receivers don't separate, so he's a see it and then do it type of guy, and he was also I think leading the league in you know, basically time that he was holding the ball. Um, you know, it was like 2.7 seconds or something like that on average for him to get a ball, a pass off. So it looks bad because he's always under pressure, but he's under pressure because he doesn't have anybody that can separate. So he's not getting rid of the football. It's funny. Cause you go to his, it's what the numbers his, said, his player profile page, she's 29th in protection rate. And this is, is all, this is protection. When, this is, you know, forced to throw the ball within three seconds, you know, up to three seconds, which and it depends on how you slice it, because I don't know what they're putting into that. But looking at yeah. uh, the raw metrics on pro football reference again, this is as of a couple of weeks ago, he was like, yeah, it was under three seconds, but everyone was under three seconds. It was like two point seven seconds of clean pocket time that he had, which led the league. Yeah, it, I think this is where things get. Cause it's the same thing with like Minnesota. Like it, 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 it's a very much you can, you can slice up the way some stats play out, to obviously tell a different story. We've done this constantly. It's, it gets talked about constantly. You can create a narrative with whatever you want about anything based around how you want to portray your stats and how you want to just portray the narrative and what you're trying to tell. And I, I'm always in agreement that there isn't enough O line depth. Like you. You, no team has enough O line depth. It's like no. how we talk about fantasy, where we have running backs, there is not enough depth, and and the importance of having, you know, those depth pieces on O line and on D line, um, it, it you know you know creates a massive difference. You know, you you know your tackles and guards that can play swing positions, guys that can play all five spots in the line because they're obviously each spots different for each player, huh. and uh, it, it's uh. It's very unique, and the style play that Justin Fields plays generally, I think, leads to longer hold times because he he wants the play to develop, and he and he's confident enough to know that he can take off and run when he needs to. Yeah, it's the same thing we talk about. With, you know, you know, with Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson was in the same boat to start his career. He took too many sacks because he held the ball on for too long, and but then he makes yeah, massively big plays uh, where well, you know, and then you got of, Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett who are near the tops of the league in separation. You know, Golden Tate's beginning part yeah, of his Golden, career. It, Golden Tate too. And it, it, it's just, yeah, yeah. Um, you got to be careful when you get too invested in the stats, and it's not, you know, just to you. Obviously, it's it's yeah. to everybody. Where like, you got to be a, careful with how you want to create a narrative. Uh, I think we're both the same that he needs plays to develop quicker. Not yeah. even him seeing. I mean, he needs them to develop quicker. But here's, I'm looking at it now as of today. So he has fallen back a little bit. In pocket time, which pocket time is defined as average time the QB has between the snap and throwing the ball or the pocket collapses. Um, he's fallen back to 
tenth at 2.4 seconds. That was 2.7 a couple weeks ago. So pretty sharp decline the last couple weeks. Uh, but in pressure rate, 28.8%, which still tells me that if you are second in the amount of times you're being pressured, but you're tenth in the amount of time that you have, things aren't developing quick enough for you. Those numbers, I would think you would want to be relatively far apart between, you know, this is the amount of pocket time I have and this is the amount of pressure I'm under. The more yeah. pocket time you have, the less pressure you should be under. So to be top 10 in both, that just says that the play is not developing fast enough or you're not seeing it. And it could be either one. I tend to think it's not developing fast enough because of the wide receivers and they need somebody that can separate. Yeah, I agree. That was a lot on Justin Fields. No, he is Bay. So it's exciting. <laughs> Ryan, you got anything to add to that? Ryan's mu- muted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Joe Mixon ruled out this weekend's the Titans, which is another chubby for me because that means we got some Ajay Pirine starting. Hooray, uh, my fantasy teams as I picked up some Ajay Pirine. I did in at least one spot. So if I have to. So Maj P. Ryan's like OG draft crush bay from 2017 for me. So yep. He just kind of just he's able to become a journeyman running back and kind of third down somehow some way earn a third round though, just given his profile. Just I, I'm shocked he by found it. But... Home. He got three touchdowns last week. I know. Yeah, all four it's, catches. It's insane. He gets uh, he gets a he gets a decent matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't allowed a touchdown though, in, like since week two. So mm-hmm. to running backs, that's the only downside. Titans, yeah. Yes, it is. They've allowed. They've allowed. Yeah, no touchdowns the past uh, four weeks. They've actually been pretty good against the run the last four weeks. Well, either way, and they're supposed to potentially get Jamar Chase back. The offense opens up more with him. Returning puts Jesus. everyone in the right They've spot. Had one rushing touchdown all season. Yeah. It was like Piran needs rushing touchdowns to be productive. He didn't get any last week. <laughs> all receiving. It's all matters. They've had one receiving touchdown all season. To Damian Pierce of all people. <laughs> Means that all makes sense. Right? So they're great against the run. All right. Uh, Rams released Daryl Henderson. He signed to Jacksonville. It's, it's such a like the Rams cut two starters. I think it was their starting center too. I think there's someone on the O line. I mean, you know it's on the offensive line. There's no difference. I know, I know, which is fine. It's not like Henderson. Like Henderson, like, I've never been a fan of. So it's not his fault. No running backs have been productive there. No, and it and it again. McVeigh is the most productive one. Yeah. That's not saying much either. Well, and here's the problem, right? You have no draft picks. It was going to catch you eventually. And watching this team, watching the Rams last year, my concern was the O line. Um, Especially once Whitworth was gone because the O line was old. And you can't really address that other than through the draft. Like, Difference makers and O line free agency don't come that often. And uh, 
yeah, I think that that's been their biggest problem this year has been, you know, the O-line can't pass block and the damn sure can't run block. You haven't had a Rams running back that's given you a productive week, I think, all season. No, I, I think Cam Eggers had his best week last week with 61 total yards. Yeah. So that O-line is a problem. And if the O-line ain't working, you don't got a superstar running back there. You don't got a stud running back. I mean, look, people like Cam Akers. My knock on Cam Akers coming out of the draft was he needed an O-line to get those trunk plays. They don't have one. No, he didn't have one at Florida State. <laughs> like he has, I don't know when the last time he played with the goal O-line because he was obviously hurt for the entire year last year until the Middle end. school? Yeah, maybe. Because uh, Pee Wee, yeah, <laughs> Pee Wee. Uh, nothing should change anything about the Jags, though. Should be ETN's show. Uh, Henderson will probably take a week or two to get up to speed. There'll be a change of pace back, there'll be a change of pace, which is what he's been like. You know, McVeigh's if, if there's one thing that McVeigh we can say about McVeigh and when it comes to things is he's been consistent on, on Daryl Henderson, is that he's nothing more than a change of pace back that can at times handle. A 65% workload. But it's like it's Cam Akers on the up and up, even though there's no offensive line to be up and up on. I mean, was he going to go up to 2.7 yards per carry? I mean, Roddy, so maybe, maybe Jake Funk got healthy. So maybe yeah, we, we, got Bryce, we got Bryce Perkins back there. So just based off volume, he's in low, he's a mid to low RB2. At best. Like he's Najee Harris. You're, you're hoping he falls on a worse end, offense because there's no cup, there's no Stafford. Oh, Akers? Yeah. Yeah. So he's an RB2 per volume. And he like he's he's part of the lines of of Damian Pierce and Najee Harris, where there's not enough catch volume to even you know prop him up. So this will change at some point, but right now they're uh active running backs or Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, and that's it. Maybe they'll pick up Melvin Gordon. Even though I think Melvin Gordon's gonna go to a contender. He made it through yeah, waivers, so Kansas City. But why? They already have a better version of him in Isaiah Pacheco right now. He'll want to play with a team that he can just probably back up. Like he, There's no way he's going to sign as a starter anywhere. So outside of maybe bad teams. He's going back to the Chargers. He's going to help Austin Eckler. Yeah. It made, the, it made the most sense. Um, Has he played with Brandon Staley? Was he there when Brandon Staley took over as the OC? I guess I will see, but as a head or as a play caller, maybe his last year there. That'd be the only. I thought he's already gone by then. He he left in 2019, I think, is when he went to Denver, right? 19, yeah. No, yes, yes, though, yeah, should be 19. I think he's went to Denver. 19 was his last season in LA. Okay, just kidding. That so he's been there for two. And- <laughs> He well, he's been there longer than two years. That's why. Right. It feels like three or four well, years. I, I guess actually it has been three years. 2020, 2021. 20, yeah. So it's yeah. been three years. Never mind. I was right. It's been three years. He did not play for Staley. Okay. That might, I mean, it shouldn't change much. He'll, play, he'll just beat the backup, I guess, if he goes there. Maybe we'll get rid of Sonny and Michelle then. Yeah. <laughs> but Isaiah Spiller. Oh, wait. Hurt. Ah. Uh, no, he's he's back. Is he back? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he's he's been healthy last okay. couple of weeks. Just not noticeable. Weird how that happened. Yeah. Weird. 
Um, I guess I should read the next line on this news report, huh? <laughs> Taylor there Heineke, did did we talk? So I honestly couldn't remember. Did we talk Taylor Heineke last week? No, yes, we did. We did. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right. We did. We did. Okay. Rule the well, starter. Yeah. Uh, no matter what, even if once comes back, he's uh. And Wentz is being Wentz is being activated. Uh, yeah, Spiller's been healthy the last two weeks. By the way, he's had four carries each game, and uh, yeah, it has not gone well. <laughs> four carries for three yards in week ten, and four carries for eleven yards. Ooh, uh, twenty-two total yards though in week eleven. Ooh, Ooh. he's coming on up. Explosive games. Zach Wilson. <laughs> I mean, he had a like, I get I get the people getting mad that the question was asked during the press conference because he's still heated and obviously still emotional after the game. But that was a softball. That was a softball. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like Justin Fields got asked the same like he, he didn't get asked the same question. Not same question, he just, but he just apologized in the locker room. Yeah, it, it, it's and I'm not going to compare the two. We'll go back to just Zach Wilson, but it, it's. <laughs> but he's five and two as a starter. Remember Hopper? How we were talking about this in our yeah text he, chat. He's five and two as a starter, um, mostly on the defense. He's apparently had the yips since the spring for like. Just things haven't been right. Seems like uh, nothing's been right with him. Yeah. It was uh I don't think playing in that market it's good for him either. You know, he comes from playing at BOIU, obviously independent school, played soft schedules. Like I've I've had my concerns about Wilson. We know what the upside look yeah. like. And then you go to New York, you go or I guess in this case New Jersey, but Obviously, team says New York on it, and and they can be pretty visceral with all they have, and they've been, they've been desperate. Like, when was the last time they've had a quarterback that they've drafted that they've been successful with? Mark Sanchez for two years, but it's the same story with with both since that, but just took longer for them to get rid of him. Yeah, and the defense I, is so freaking good that you would be better off starting game manager Flacco, who just doesn't turn the ball over. So going to Mike White. I think it is the right decision because he has given you a little bit more upside than either of the other two guys. Um, and just, just see what you get for Wilson. You know, there are a couple of things that are obvious to me about Zach Wilson. One, he needed to be humbled. Yeah. And you hope yeah. that that kicks in something different to where when he gets the next chance that, you know, he can make something of it, but if he's really not right, he needs that pressure off of him to just sit back, chill, and get it right. And I don't know if that happens with the Jets. I don't know if that's with his next team. I don't know what that looks like, but, you know, Salah obviously saw something too that said this guy's not right, and he's not right. Yeah, I don't know if it's more of a mental thing to him or if it's actual physical, like you guys said about being the, in the whole New York market. Like, does he feel like he has to try to... Because, like, those throws he had last week, and then I didn't watch any of the game, but I was watching the highlights. It was just, like, they were either underthrown, overthrown, or even anywhere near on target. Well, like, like, he's and, missed, and that, like... And that's the yips, right? I mean, you got the yips, your mechanics are off, and, I mean, the most famous version of this is in baseball, three can keel, but your mechanics are off, you have no confidence in what you're doing, and you just miss everything. 
Yeah, it, it's, it's a mental thing. Yeah, and I don't know if playing in, in that type of market is going to work. I don't know if it works wherever he goes. He's still the number two pick. He gets constantly. It's going to be the same comparisons to Lance, Fields, to Jones, and to you know, and to Lawrence. This this QB class as a whole has been shit on pretty heavily since they were all drafted and played last year. And he's getting compared, like his comparisons is the Darnold is the role. Like he's being compared to very Darnold Rosen, Marcus Russell. Yeah, uh, draft bus. Not Maybe. as bad as Russell, but Darnold no. Rosen, Locke. Yeah, it's almost Ryan Leaf esque. Obviously, Leaf was more. Leaf was it was, it, it was hilarious very on Twitter talking about yeah. how, but it, it it's I hope that he can bounce back. He can learn something. Maybe he maybe he pulls. Atua. I mean, Tua wasn't this bad, but there was some, you know, you know, there was some confidence. There's, you know, when you're constantly being benched and starting bench, starting, you know, pulled in games for a closer, like that's going to yeah. fuck with the player's confidence, you know, tenfold, especially at a position in which you need your quarterback to be the most confident player out there. Right. And we'll see. Like, I hope so, because I don't want to see any player, you know, you know, fail at all. But it, no, it just, it, it's um, the Jets are in a position to where it feels very likely they're going to go veteran quarterback next year. They hit their defensive window sooner than they probably project, which is fine for them because they have great playmakers on offense. They're going to get priest back. You know, you have Wilson Moore. You have a good offensive line when they're healthy. And they're going to be the next, they're the next, you know, Panthers, Washington, Minnesota, where they're going to look at this and go, we're, we're a quarterback away. We're going to see what that looks like. Yeah, they're going to go trade for Carson Wentz. <laughs> Wentz, Cousins, they're going to sign Garoppolo. The Panthers sign, will trade for... Uh, signing Garoppolo makes Wilson. sense. <laughs> they're actually going to trade for Sam Darnold. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Darnold, he's going to go, he's, like, he's going to have a very rare good game, and then they're going to trade for him next year. Just... Baker Mayfield. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's where he needs to play. <laughs> that dude is broken. That dude is where Zach Wilson's heading to. It's Baker. It's Baker is completely fucking broken. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him, man. It, it's, it's Zach Wilson's everything. Headed to, Zach Wilson's headed to lock. I think. I think they, um, yeah, I can see there, there are a lot of parallels between those two coming out too. Yeah. Just game film and everything to where he's, that's why you love them so much. It is. Yep. Yeah, Locke. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I agree. He's headed towards that potential territory pretty quickly. Where he's going to be a, a higher round pick that's going to end up as a backup someplace just waiting for his next. Fuck, they'll trade. They'll, tr- they'll trade with Green Bay and get Aaron Rodgers to go there. Then we're going to really get the rumors of, of the Brett Favre parallel. Ah. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> that would be. Except I would not enjoy this <laughs> at all. I don't like. I don't. Please don't come here. That's because the next uh, logical step is Minnesota, or obviously, yeah, because that cause that just makes the most sense. You're you're gonna follow Brett Favre. Said they don't have a Rodgers behind Brett Favre. It's gonna be Zach Wilson somehow. <laughs> somehow, some way, Matt Lafleur is gonna be exposed as not a fraud, and then Zach Wilson is gonna be magically fixed. <sighs> Like it's not working with Nathaniel Hackett at all. God, I hope he get uh, Hackett might be one and done because I can't hear it or us. I can't believe he's no, going to make no. it that long. 
that that's the most egregious use like misuse of of how good that team should be. No, granted, injuries has not helped, but the thing with Hackett too is he was never a good OC. He just had Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Like Hackett was responsible for Blake Bortles. Before Hackett that. was like, I mean, Rogers literally just like he doesn't call his own plays, but if he doesn't like a play, he'll kill it and he'll check into something that he wants. That's like that's what Rogers does. That's how like I mean, I like him as a person. Defense, that's how that's fucking how good he is. Yeah, that's how good he is. Like they're gonna check into something that makes sense of what the defense is showing you, and and when he's constantly checking into something different. Probably a sign that the cute, you know, intentional oh, play caller ain't doing much. Uh, my Jesus. Well, what happened? I'm sitting here like, why the fuck am I buzzed off a half a beer? And then I read the ABV on this thing. Yeah, it should be f- what? The 14.6? 14.6, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've not eaten today, Dan. I've had two McDonald's breakfast burritos. Yeah. Our, uh, it does that to you. We need more nutrition than that. Yeah. Um, can we eat some Thanksgiving leftovers or something here in a minute? There you we'll, go. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, <laughs> fly through the news, and we'll get through the game previews pretty quickly. Uh, Bryce Perkins is going to start in place of an injured Matt Stafford this week. So, Perkins, let's talk about him for a minute. Um, third Do you understand the pros and cons about him? I, I, well, from the draft, yeah. Um. So, worked his way up to, I mean, he's obviously unseated John Wolford, right? Or is Wolford hurt? He's hurt, but I think he's slated to come back, and I think it's still going to be Perkins. I think Perkins is a better option there. I mean, he should be. He's younger. We haven't seen him yet. So Perkins played at Arizona State, 6'3", 215. Um, in 27 games, he threw for over 6,000 yards. He also ran for over 1,500. 750-plus um, rush yards both seasons at Virginia with 3,500 pass yards, so a true dual threat. Um, and he overcame a broken neck with rehab, with rehab to make it back to play, so he's tough. Um, he's got decent arm strength. Um and he can throw on the run too. Good sense for pressure, um, pocket awareness, eyes downfield, inside and outside of the pocket. He's athletic enough to make defenders miss, but he's not what I would consider like a true Konami code. He's like, I'm going to scramble if I want to. He has some athleticism, but he's not, you know, this isn't Lamar or Fields we're talking about here. Um, he's a rhythm passer. He can also lose it entirely. You know, despite the fact that he sees the field well and has the arm talent, he's very, very rhythm-based, um, so he can be very inconsistent at times. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't remember who they play this week. Because it is a dual-threat quarterback, you do have some streaming floor there. The Chiefs. Um, okay, it is the Chiefs. So you do have some streaming floor there, and if he's right, he can definitely make some throws. Um yeah, without Cooper Cup, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, but he's a guy that I kind of profiled as being this tier of, you know, probably going to stick around as a backup somewhere, um, almost like in a Tarod Taylor vein. So, you know, there's some floor there with the rushing game, though. He's not bad. I didn't hate him coming out. I had him. Where did I have him ranked at? Hold on. 
probably doesn't matter, but we're going to do it anyway. Oof. Mm. Yeah, I had him in uh, tier three. We'll put it that way. I think for him, I think it, it's you can't expect much. No, you know, people are going to look at this. It's going to be high. You know, it's it's a high game spread. They should be playing from behind. The last thing you want to do is have Bryce Perkins throw the ball 50 times. Right. It's not like no. he's a 50. Like, he, he went five for 10 last week in relief duty. He's a career low, low 60s in completion percentage in college. He was a sub. He was a seven. Seven was his highest yards per attempt. He's not a downfield passer. He probably could, right? It, it, you know, if you ask him to, he can probably get the ball down there. If it's accurate, it's a different story. But I think it, it, it's you're playing them for the hopes that you can build off of the five rushes for 39 yards. You can kind of give you a Heineke, right? a Gardner Minshew, a, a this. It this he gets you five to Heineke's ten a rushes. Good he's not as accurate as Minshew, I don't think. But well, no, I know Heineke's a good comparison. It's more so going off of the profile of the quarterback and kind of what I'm expecting is a low completion percentage, probably a couple turnovers. But you're hoping, you're hoping he gets a late touchdown or or they score off a turnover, and he gives you enough rushing yards to kind of you know to kind of. And fill out his day. He's not good for Scott Fishbowl. He's not. He's not going to be someone you want to play in high penalty for QBs. Well, if you're in Scott Fishbowl right now, and you're in the playoffs, I hope you're, I you mean, probably yeah. didn't have Stafford. You probably yeah. You right, 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 right. No. Um, it I, I I for like just again those solid leagues, but I think there is some potential rushing potential. I see him as I see him probably being a ten plus rusher in this game. The Chiefs have a good pass rush, and it's going to be one of those. If you have your first read there, you throw it. Otherwise, you run. They're going to try to leave Casey without being embarrassed. They want to basically make sure that Casey doesn't cover. Like, I think that should be the goal. Is don't you know? Don't you know? Embarrass yourself. One read and then go. I think Casey's going to cover. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, games, to... games in Arrowhead. Yeah, it's going to be hard. They should. They should. The, Bryce Perkins. I don't see him getting anything over. I don't even get any near over, over double digit fantasy points. I he, I think he's held under. It's he, I, he's a QB for him. It's all that. rushing. Yeah, like for him, it's all rushing. I don't think he's going to get you anywhere for passing. But I think for rushing, I think he could get you there. I don't think I don't think he'll get you there for rushing. I I think the way Andy Reid likes to coach, he'll learn. How, he knows how to shut those players down. It's it's Bryce. He'll, he'll adapt. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not Josh Allen out there. No, but he'll still figure it out. I mean, they have yeah. no running game. They they're gonna have no passing game. They're gonna shut down. They're they'll shut him down. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah, for the first half, and then the backdoor cover because that's what happens in these games. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got a question from Kyle here. Falciner, okay. I traded Aaron Jones for George Kittle. It's a full PPR league. Packers are done. They'll split more time with Dylan. So, okay. Um, What are your thoughts on trading, basically trading Jones for Kittle in a full PPR league? He he also has uh, Kenneth, or he also, he's he drafted Darren Waller. And he um, has 
He has so his running backs. I'm just getting more information. I'm just kind of reading them out. It's got Monty, Pollard, Patterson, and Hunt as his running backs. He so he moved Jones for Kittle. I like Kittle because he's on the up and up, and Jones I feel like it's just more of a touchdown or bust type of name. Like if, if he's not scoring touchdowns, he's not really doing anything for you anymore right now. As this Packers offense is dwindling down. I'm gonna pull up I'm gonna pull up Jones as uh I I've got him pulled up right now and Two of the last four weeks, he's been over 130 yards. One of those, he did not have a touchdown. One of those, he did. It was 12 for 40 last week, 9 for 25 week before, so it really depends on... One was the Buffalo game, which they lost. I have no idea how that went that way. The only one was the Dallas game, which they won, which is pretty neutral. Um, Dan, I know know you're probably looking up Snapshare, if I had to guess. I'm on. I'm just looking up his game laws and player profiler. I mean, his... I, I don't Dylan hasn't been an issue nearly all season. He just doesn't get enough. He's not on the field enough. It's 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 his usage when he's on the field. It's what's been concerning. He's been at sixty percent more. One, two, three, four, five, six. Over half of his games, he's over sixty percent snap share. It's just his usage has been I've been up and down when he's on there. To that, you know, a team that has struggles passing the football throughout most of the season it's, has been uniquely unreliant on their running game. He's six and five. This is him making a move. He's He's been, he's been kind of rotating through tight ends, which everyone's been fighting tight ends all year. If you don't have Travis Kelsey, even Mark Andrews through his injuries, if you don't have Kelsey, you've been battling tight ends all year. That's been pretty much the case. And as Ryan mentioned, you know, Kittle, this offense starting to finally, I think, move. They're healthy-ish. Uh, Kittle will always be in that, I think, that tier below Kelsey. I just don't think he gets the consistency and volume, but. Oh, no. Because he's such a good blocker, too. That... Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. it's the team's built to not feature one person. That's why, that's why, that's why fucking McCaffrey, that trade for McCaffrey. Yeah. Still makes no sense. Teams to built to be better as a team. Um, yeah. Four touchdowns the last four weeks for Kittle. He's also giving you some solid performances. I think positionally he's the more consistent performer within his position. Um, Let's look at the Packers schedule. Yeah. So they got Eagles, Bears, Rams, Dolphins, and Vikings to end the fantasy season. They play the Lions. Obviously, week 18 doesn't count unless your league's stupid. They got three out of their last five games are road games. Um, I don't know how the uh their run defense ranks, you know, play out. I think, yeah, as you mentioned, it's a fair trade, but you see it, it's it is a fair trade. No, I I, yeah. I agree that it's a, a fair trade, and that's kind of why it's you know, a little tough for me to plant my side on my flag on what side I would want because I can completely justify both sides of this. So I do think it's a fair trade. It's not something that I'm setting up to to hate on by any means. Um, I do think that in, you know, single tight end, no premium, even full PPR, I would tend to prefer the running back, but I get why the move was made. You're six and five. You're wanting to do something. You have a position it. You know, you can maintain consistency at running back while you have a positional need at tight end. Um, that you just 
solidified with some some week to week upside there. So you know, I think it's a good move. I think it it makes sense. I don't know that I personally would have done it, but um, I get why you did, and I absolutely can't sit here and and hate on it either. It's a it's a fair trade. You're in. You know, everyone chooses to run their teams differently. And I think you did a, you identified a need and you did a good job solidifying it. Yep. Ryan, Ryan, what are your thoughts? No, I totally agree on that. I like, I, I like trading away Aaron Jones. Like I already said earlier, just because he's not, he wasn't what I, I expected him to be even this year. And no, then, no. Well, touchdowns are fluky, right? And that's well, just his performance in general has just been fluky. It's the, it, 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 but he, it's, that's it. Has it been? It's not. It's not. It's it's not even him. Again, it, it like he is the being offense. handicapped from their yeah, play offense. calling. Sure. Yeah, and, and this like this weird times of going away from running yeah. football. Yeah, he's not injured or anything. It's just the way the whole offense is running right now. It's not what we were hoping it was going to do. And this started last year with him too. So yeah, he was annoying me last year. I mean, he's I been him. this way. He's been this way for. a a he's minute. actually he's... trending to have a better season than last year. He's, you know, more on path outside of touchdowns to look at what he did in 2020, and you're far removed from his 16 touchdown season in 2019. Yeah, it, it all falls to, you know, Green Bay not being a highly efficient offensive powerhouse. The team not anymore. Has, has clearly struggled to produce points and, and to produce scoring opportunities because they're, they're now feeded on bigger plays, which... You know, again, it's again. I agree with Hopper and Ryan. It's a very fair deal. I'm very hesitant on trading away depth, and the fact that it's, you're riding, you know, Pollard, Monty, and Patterson and Hunt. It, it, there is no clear one. There's there, there's a lot of risk, as he mentions in this you know chat. There's a lot of risk in this, and it could it could clearly pan out. Monty without you know without Herbert is a clear mid to high too with with how that offense operates. We'll see how the running game operates without Justin uh you know fields being able to take those and open up running lanes, you know, for the backfield. But yeah, but the way I hope it pans out. This year. Yeah. Running back this hope, year have been bad. Yeah. I hope it pans out either way. I want you to be successful. And uh yeah. I like it Kyle. You did good man. All right. <laughs> what news are we we got a couple quick hitters left. Uh, Edwards Allaire to IR. Um, so Pacheco's workload last week seems to like it'll probably persist. Uh, Jamar Chase game time decision for Sunday. Um, if I had to guess, he probably doesn't play, but tune in Sunday morning. I think they give him another week. Um, Darnold going to start for the Panthers with an injury to PJ Walker and DJ Chark to IR after Thursday's game. Again? Yes. Okay, well... <laughs> He gave me a touchdown. You're like, damn good, bro. I have him in one league that I actually need him in because losing everybody else. All right. Uh, yeah. that sucks. Anything on CEH, Chase, or Darnold? Darnold would be a fun one to watch. Actually, we know DJ Moore can perform with Sam Darnold, so there is that. I Honestly, he performed with Walker, and it was inconsistent. I, I expect it to be the same as Ben. I expect very, very inconsistent performances, but there's probably some boom. C H and you go and drop him in all redraft leagues. It means out yeah, at yeah. least four weeks. You can almost like... drop him in Dynasty. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. You can almost yeah. drop him in Dynasty. God, that's life so is so sad. Look, I'm just but saying I, mean, I, I like Pacheco, but he doesn't have any like 
catching upside. He hasn't caught anything. He has, I, I think, three catches on the year. We're going to get like, Ronald Jones, too, this week. Yeah. He'll Finally. Be enough, he'll <laughs> be was... and active. <laughs> Just... they, they like to scratch him. Like, ah, gotcha. Almost gotcha. The Chiefs are like Buffalo. They don't really need a high-end running back to find success. No, they no, do not. Although Buffalo's had a decent running back this year. And we yeah. called it. Or I called it. Singletary has been fine. He's been nothing not, to be shocked by. Nothing to be disappointed by either. But that offense should yield pretty good numbers to most running backs. Uh, I figured it out. The Chiefs are going to activate Jerry on Ely or Wayne Goldman to keep Ronald Jones from playing. Please no. <laughs> Jerry on Ely. <laughs> yeah. Small. Yeah. Let's just have another small pass catcher that we Why don't not? throw to. Why not? Um, DJ Moore, by the way, Darnold last year is actually surprisingly consistent. So, just saying. Could've Although he only up. needs one more touchdown this year to match his four for once. <laughs> <laughs> Three seasons, but uh, he's, he's got to get 500 yards over the last seven games to, which is doable to keep his thousand yard streak alive. We'll see. He's going to do it. It's going to happen with Darnold, I think. Yeah. All right. Um, beer review or just into previews? I still have beer left, mostly because I'm getting slightly more intoxicated the more I drink, so I slowed down. <laughs> we can do you a know, quick review. I mean, we should only have 13 what, games total. 13 games total. Brian, you uh, you can kick us off, and Hopper and I will go through our barrel age stuff. All right, I had Declaw Brewing Company, Sweet Baby Jesus. They're out of Baltimore, Maryland. Chocolate peanut butter porter, coming in at six point two. It's a classic porter with heavenly aromas and flavors of roasted malt, chocolate, and rich peanut butter with a smooth, dry finish. One sip, and you'll exclaim the name. And that's very true. It feels like it, it almost tastes like a nutty bar. Like peanut butter porters to me, it's almost like a nutty bar. If that makes any sense, but yeah, it's very good. With that one it does because they're they do call it a lot of shit that's really decadent. Yeah, and I, I I just take a sip of it and I'm like I just taste nutty bar right off the bat. Great, yeah, definitely enjoy it. It's already finished too, so that just tells you how much I actually liked it. There you go, Hopper. You can go with yours. Sure. No, you don't have to you don't have to go so crazy drinking then. <laughs> nah. Um Desmidania. So in blinds, I definitely prefer this to Bourbon County. Um I've done this with blinds before and I, I think this one's no different. Um it's a little uh it's not quite as thick as what I remember it being in the past, which is good because that makes it more more drinkable. It's definitely not as thick as Bourbon County is. Um, 14.6% will hit you, but it doesn't drink super boozy. It's not hot by any means. You don't get the heat from the bourbon barrel at all. Um, the chocolate is definitely there. The peanut butter off of this is mostly falling off. Not surprising given that it's almost a year old, um, or is a year old. So, um, overall this beer is what I would classify as, is dangerous because it tastes good. It doesn't drink heavy. It's not filling and it's a uh, 14.6%. So I, I am pretty fucked up it's not overly boozy 
Um, <laughs> I am pretty fucked up. Yeah, it, it's a little bit sweet. The cocoa's there. So, yeah, I don't know. Don't Spadania, if you have a chance to get one, definitely get one. Because it, it, to me, um, you know, it's one of the better barrel-aged stouts on the market. I'll just see if I can find that around here by me. There's one place by me that carries weird so, beers from... You'll yeah. start to see it pop up, I think. At least this year's, you'll start to see it slowly pop up as we mm-hmm. get them sent out. I've got a friend that is coming down here December 5th. I might just send them by the brewery for me. Because uh, I have one party store right by me that just has distill, and I can't find it anywhere else. Yeah, but like those big chain stores. You just need, get... Dan, just need Dan to start covering Michigan. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> the guy we got out there is pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Again, I'm I I'm doing the s'mores. Hopper did the, the peanut butter chocolate mm-hmm. from last year. I'm doing this year's um release variant. This is uh it's got coconut nibs, cinnamon. Other you know, they're gonna use natural flavors to help with you know with the marshmallow. Um a lot sweeter than I thought it'd be. Uh I was able to try this when we did our Dosodani Days release last Saturday. Um super like it's super heavy on the uh on the kind of pistachio. Um you get you get some hints of coconut almost. Um Obviously not not from the butter standpoint, but just from an overall taste standpoint. It's interesting to me that you just read off a bunch of things that don't make me think of s'mores like pistachio I know. and cinnamon yeah, and it's, coconut. It's, it's very weird. But it, it's um yeah, it's it's one it, of those things that's probably good <laughs> if you didn't put s'mores on the label. Yeah, I mean I still get I mean, I still get the intention of where it is, like a word like does give you that really heavy vanilla and you get little hints of the graham cracker. So it definitely gives you that, but graham cracker is tough to bring out too. It absolutely is. But to get the hints of, of coconut, I get some of the cinnamon, which is on there. Then obviously the, the nut flavors just kind of, um, it throws it in the whack. It was one of the more popular ones when we, when we had people try it, when they went to pick up their allotment, um, I enjoy it for sure. Um, adjunct stouts generally aren't my preferred preference anymore. I like more just base stuff, but it's Blackest Friday, and uh, I wanted to do something fun. <laughs> what we're doing, Blackest Friday, doing fun stuff, drinking yeah, beer, stuff. beer, and peanut right. reporters. Let's jump into these games, move on, so we can go and enjoy the hardcore shopping day of. Hopefully not shopping. All right. I I did all of my shopping sitting from the couch last night watching Zach Efron in the wild. Zach Efron in the wild? Yeah, there's a show on Netflix. Um that hold on, I gotta find it. You guys weren't watching those great football games all day yesterday? No, I did. Oh my god, like it was uh, like finally like the first year ever. Like every game was good. I watched none of them. Sorry. That's okay. Well, was was, it a- we were hosting, so I was cooking throughout the first game and hanging out with family throughout the second game, and then you know we watched the Grinch with my kid during the third game. So, totally understandable. But anyway, it's a down to earth with Zac Efron. Oh, is that his big weed show? No. Um, it's a show where he goes and like this whole season's in Australia 
and he like learns and teaches about different cultural things. So like we learned about regenerative agriculture and Tasmanian devils and uh, mushrooms and their different uses other than getting high. Like it's pretty good. It's good stuff. Hmm. Fun. What do you check out? Yeah. Good watch. Brian, did you watch the Vikings and Pats and Pats game? Yes, I did. Was the Hunter Henry catch a catch? That was a catch. <laughs> I'm gonna I look it, I'm gonna look it up. Do I no, no, it's, no, no, it is insane. Um, it took forever uh, for it? them to rule on it, and they ruled it incomplete. What did you um, think? <laughs> I mean, take based the, take on the homerism out of it, I am because based on the rules, it's not a catch. Right, based but on I, the rules, it's not a. It should be a catch, and and I don't think it should have been overturned. Cause I, I I don't think it was fully clear, but. It's one of those things where, it's, it, again, is it the NFL can't get it right, and there's so many different angles. And what I always come back on is that he didn't have both feet established before he crossed the plane with the ball, which nullifies the whole thing of the ground can't the ground can't cause it to be incomplete. Because I've seen it, I've seen it go alongside Travis Kelsey's play. That's what I'm had watching. That's what I'm watching right now. But did it hit the ground? His hand looked like it was under it the whole time. You can see it. So on really zoomed in replays, you can see the actual beast jump up and the ball rolled and then flip. Like if the ball is secure, it's not going to move as aggressive as it did. Yeah, I saw the laces spin. It's such a weird, like, to to a technicality, (sighs) it's the right call. Yeah, so yeah, technically it's the right call, but yeah, it, it's yeah. It, it should have stayed consistent to what the to what the ref called. I think it should have been ruled. Thankfully, it wouldn't have mattered because they because they got a field goal on that play or on that drive, and they would have lost by three instead of you know seven. seven. So, all right, how about uh, the CD Lamb catch? Was that a touchdown or no? Again, based what? on the rules, right, it's not supposed to be. But there's so Hunter Henry to my eye is a catch, but based on the rule, I agree it's not a catch. Um, to my eye, that like I don't really see that thing hit. He's got it to gear. He hits the ground. I don't see the ball hit the ground. And I believe you when you say in slow motions and he yeah, holds on to yeah, it. Yeah. But if you treat the plane as like an out of bounds line where you have to have both feet established before you cross the plane for that to matter. He did not have both feet established. Yeah. He's making the football move, right? He's turning and he's turning and his, reaching. His, yes. his foot hits but the ground other... simultaneously as the, the foot... plane is causing it. So it's not yeah. being, yeah. It's and that's, foot... yes, he's not completing the catch, even though the ball never, it clearly leaves his possession. It's I'm watching the lamb catch. Now lamb is out of bounds. There's so, many, there's so many weird angles. And and that's again based off that's, the rules. It, it was like because the heel touched down. The heel touched the, down out of bounds. Like if the heel hits, if the heel touches the turf first, the whole foot has to be in bounds. If it's the toe first, then it doesn't. Right? It, it's it's weird. It's weird how they have it. Did they call this a touchdown? No, it was ruled no. incomplete. It, it was ruled incomplete on the field, too. Actually, wait. Hold on. Yeah. 
No, that's a touchdown. Yeah, that's what I said as a touchdown because that way that toe drag. The toe hits the ground first, not the heel. Yeah. The toe, he's falling, but the toe hits first and then he rolls back under the heel, which is out of bounds. See, that one is. But then he already has his other toe down. Like he it just should hits be. His other toe down. Yeah, it should be, but it was ruled no touchdown. That's why I thought the Hunter Henry one should have been kept the same. Yeah. Because they're just consistent with what. With One. there's not being very conclusive evidence, very clear evidence to show. Although I can't really see for Lamb, I can't see possession either. The ball the never moved. Thing. I yeah, see there was no. It, I see him catch it with one hand, and his body's blocking it from this angle. But the toe definitely hits the ground before the heel. Yeah, there was never any concern. I think based off of possession wise, but it was it was all about it was all about how the ruling. Was yeah. made that should have been. I just, believe, I just don't believe. I can't believe how you got that other foot down like that. Like that momentum you have, and you're going backwards like that. Oh, it, it was it, it, like it, it looked. It looked very test. obvious that it was out of balance until the replays. We're like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. He, he got the toe down, and then as he was falling, he rolled back on the hill. That should have been a touchdown. Yeah. All right. I wanted to get some. Hey, thank you guys for that. The super controversial opinions that I've seen floating around everywhere, like it's been talked about. And nauseam lane. So I figured, why not add a little more to it? Yeah, Henry, no touchdown, Lamb touchdown. That was fun. All right. Ravens at the Jaguars. Ravens, three and a half point favorites on the road. 43 and a half is the game total. Baltimore, again, struggles to uh, to cover really any spread. They, they can't seem to put bad teams with it. You know, it's like the AFC version of, of the Vikings. Uh, combine that with... Uh, a lack of receiving game. They should get back. They're supposed to get back Gus. They feel confident that he's going to play. Um, Jacksonville pretty bad this year against the spread. The offense is vastly inconsistent. Um, line story a little bit longer. Don't bet this game at all. Just, just pass on it. Ravens are going to be with, uh, yeah, they're with, out Bateman still. Um, they're going to potentially be without Duvernay, so not not great there. Um, as far as the receiving game goes, they basically have Andrews, and that's it. Um, so Andrews and Jacks are the only things you can go with Raven side, and then watch the running back situation. Um, whoever's active will be heavily involved. If it's not Gus, I'm full go on Drake this week. If it is Gus, then. You know, that's going to murky things up a little bit because I don't think they completely phase Drake out. The Ravens are a team like kind of like the 49ers where they're not really built to feature anything. Well, except Lamar. So um, that one will be interesting on the Jaguars side of this ETN. You're absolutely good with the other person you typically look at is Christian Kirk. Um, You're going to see the Ravens show up green a lot of places or show up as a good matchup a lot of places. But the fact is. Over the last three weeks, they are 25th in points allowed PPR against the wide receiver. And over the last five weeks, they're 18th. So a lot of what's carrying that bad rating is before the season when they weren't healthy. The defense has gotten better as, as things have gone on. So I think that, you know, other than ETN, you're pretty much a, a fade on Jacksonville or on a, on Jacksonville here and the Ravens. I mean, this whole game's a fade other than Lamar and Andrews for me. Yeah, it's an interesting one though, but I still like uh, Devin Duvernay. Not Devin Duvernay. Duvernay's questionable. So yeah, 
Oh crap! I just had him. Oh, Demarcus Robinson. Uh, no, because he had nine nine targets last game and caught all of them for 128 yards. So he is the wide receiver one, but that was also with out uh, Mark Andrews in the lineup. So that kind of makes it tough. But at $4,300, he'd be one player I'm, I'd be willing to play out of this lineup. All right. Falcons at the Commanders. Commander, I'm sorry. Not that. Blah, blah, blah. Broncos at the Panthers. Broncos, one and a half point favorites on the road. 36 and a half. Is you just game completely total. switch games there. Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go in order. I'm trying to go in order. So I don't want Mid-sins. to forget a game. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to forget a game. The 36 and a half game total is the lowest on the slate. Makes sense because you get horrible Broncos offense and horrible Panthers offense with two viable plus defenses. Um, I I still take the Broncos, uh, even the cover on the road. I, I have no idea what to expect from Carolina, but what we saw from Darnold last year, I don't really expect to see anything different. So expect turnover is slow scoring from both teams. Um, you can even bet the under. Just ride high. Just keep riding with what Vegas wants us to do, and that's bet the under. All right. Um, I forget what game you said we were doing. Broncos Panthers. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I was looking at Falcons things. No, you're good. Off the first time. Um, I know. I know. I know. I know. This is an ugly one too. Both teams have good defenses. The Broncos defense is absolutely fantastic. Um, that's going to make you fade everything Carolina, uh, including four men. There is n- absolutely nothing from the Panthers that I want to start this week, period. Not a damn thing. On the Denver side of this, um, look, Murray should get the majority of the work uh, with Melvin Gordon cut and Chase Edmonds not really working he's, into this. He's on IR. He's on IR now. Yeah, and now on IR, so he's definitely going to work into this. Um, you know, Latavius Murray should be the guy. So you actually have an answer here as somebody with some RB2 floor. Um, and Cortland Sutton was not bad last week without Jerry Judy. However, um, you know, tougher matchup this weekend, this week against JC Horn. So, um, yeah, this game for the most part is a, just a giant fucking fade for me. <laughs> Murray's about the only thing I feel relatively confident in starting. Sutton's been super inconsistent. And again, it's a it's a bad matchup. I totally agree with you that because uh even on DraftKings, I'd only be willing to play Latavius Murray just because he's so cheap at five thousand. Yeah. You know, the same that you know, no running backs behind him. It's like all right, he's gonna give him the majority of the carries, but you also gotta remember he's also a thirty two year old running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that entire game's a fade. Just yeah, pretend yeah. it doesn't. Whole, just pretend it doesn't. Whole exist. game doesn't exist. Yeah. All right. The Falcons at the Commanders. All right, a game that exists. Uh, Commanders, uh, four point favorites at home. Forty and a half is the game total. Atlanta started the year out very hot against the spread, covering I think six in a row. They've covered one out of their past five, six, five. Washington has covered six straight. As a Taylor Heineke era, it's been very successful since he's taken over for injured Wentz, who went five and one during that span. And Washington's just looking very, very competitive against teams they probably shouldn't be this competitive against. That should remain the same. Um, they don't really blow teams out unless you're Houston. They don't get blown out. So four points, I think, is a great spot for this. Atlanta has been very up and down as a team as a whole. 
especially consistency on offense, no Kyle Pitts on IR. This creates even a further divide in what that passing game should look like and really heavier on that backfield. I like the commanders at minus four and smash the under. Yeah, you're smashing the commanders in this one. The only thing the Falcons have to throw the ball to is Drake London, and they haven't been leaning on him super heavily. So that that passing game is going to be a nightmare. Although I think Drake London is your best start there because you don't have anybody else. And the commanders are very, very good against the run. They're very, very stout up the middle. Um, you know, we saw both Patterson and Algier have decent days against the Bears, but um, yeah, this is not a good offensive day for the Falcons from anything that I can see. Um, the commander side of this, um, I expect McLaurin's going to draw Terrell, which also is he back? Is he back? Uh, let me look. Actually, he was out he injured was, for a while. He was not back last week, so he is not currently on the injury report. So unless he's on IR, he's not on the injury report. Huh. Um, and I'm looking at this too. Where the hell is he? Left cornerback. Yeah, he's not on the injury report. Terrell isn't. Okay. So he will be back. So that could Um, be a tough game for McLaurin on that one. Probably going to be a tough game for McLaurin. Um, you know, up the middle here though, Brian Robinson and and Gibson, I think both have some RB two upside. For the most part, uh, Falcons not necessarily stout against the run, um, and I think that's how Washington's going to have to get it done. But the good news is that they can. So I think that that both Gibson and Robinson have some flex value. Um, you know, there's not a ton of upside to to either guy necessarily you did just have Gibson go for over a hundred yards against Houston though. So um, just something you can keep an eye on and play with is, is both backs from Washington, you know, a week that doesn't have a lot of good fantasy matchups. No, it's a tough week for fantasy matchups there. And with uh, AJ Terrell coming back now, I'm actually pivoting from uh, McLaurin down to Curtis Samuel. You know, he hasn't been good for yeah. the last couple of games, but I still see him bouncing back where he was back to the 50. You know, he'd get four four receptions, 50 yards, maybe a touchdown. But I like hit, like like you said, with the rushing ability that the commanders are going to plan on doing, I can see Samuel getting a few of those carries too, especially around the goal line. So he could be a nice cheap uh, play at five grand for you, even as a flex. All right. Bucks at the Browns. Brooks three and a half point favorites on the road. Forty two and a half is the game total. Uh the 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 post the post divorce era for Tom oh, Brady. Uh looks two and oh. Looks a lot better. Yeah. Uh two and oh. Uh the team itself is still struggling to put up points on offense. Um that's why this this game is just low. Uh I, I do like them to cover the spread. I think this is the time of year where we're gonna see Brady start to kind of Really, really dial it in as as the Bucks look to make a push to try to get a higher seed in the playoffs. Not not going to compete for the uh, for the number one seed or maybe number two, but to try to get themselves a double home game potentially. So, like the Bucks cover this three and a half. Um, know, the Browns' offense is so massively inconsistent and tends to score late. So I'm going to stay away from the over under. And just take the bucks three and a half. All right. For the fantasy side of this, obviously Nick Chubb. Um look, the 
Bucks have been very, very good defensively all season, regardless of how Tom Brady's played. They've been very, very good defensively all season. Um, the last five weeks, they are 14th in points allowed to the wide receiver. Uh, but most of that looks like it's coming out of the slot from what I can tell. So, you know, I don't know what you do with that. Cooper has been up and down. Um, I would probably say you play Cooper and this is a week to fade DPJ who kind of sits on that fringe. He always seems to have good floor, but I don't see any DPJ upside this week. Um, I sat him in favor of Myers in a lot of leagues. Now Myers shoulder injury, that kind of hampered things, but that's kind of where I was at ranking wise is, you know, DPJ is a little bit of a fade. Um, the other side of this for the Bucks, uh, the Browns have been terrible against the run. They're not terrible, but second most points allowed. So that's not good um, over the last five weeks. So that's very, very good news if you're uh, Rashad White, who should have the backfield mostly to himself. And against the wide receiver, um, about middle of the pack. Uh, a lot of that also given up to, um, you know, kind of wide receiver ones. Chris Godwin's been very consistent. Uh, his performance has gone up along with Brady's. So, you know, I think you're fine with Godwin and Evans and Rashad White. You're absolutely mashing that start button in your first opportunity to have him have workload to himself. It's a great matchup for him. It's not Rashad White is definitely going to be talked this week in DFS at $5,100. So he's easy hit. But I still like DPJ this week just because he's 4,800. And yeah, last week he. Only reason why he went over, he cut. I think he only had like thirty some yards before he had that big catch and the touchdown. But that's but, what he does. He gets downfield targets, and and it happens. You know, he finally got the touchdown last week, but he was still at his floor in yardage, and that's typically how he does it. Is he has a big catch or two? Yeah. So I I like him a lot. I mean, he over the like he's been like a borderline wide receiver three, but over the last two weeks he's been pushing almost borderline wide receiver one. Especially with that touchdown catch he had last week, that really helped him. I think I think it was at number twelve or thirteen yeah. for wide receiver finishes. His touchdown yeah. volume isn't there, man, but he's trending to be, if not over a thousand yards in the high nine hundreds. So, yeah, especially with uh, Watson coming back. I mean, I think he's on the up and up. And David Njoku. I mean, I think last week was a, a rust game, so I think he was just coming back because he only played like twenty eight percent of the targets. Or he's on twenty percent of the snap share, so I think that this this week could be also be his week because they're going to need to rely on him trying to keep up with Tampa Bay, especially as Tom Brady has that uh, you know, the divorce, undefeated still. <laughs> All right, Bengals at the Titans. Bengals are two and a half point favorites on the road. Forty three and a half is the game total. It's the battle of of just dominant teams against the spread at this point. Tennessee's covered eight in a row. Bengals are seven and one. So is which team's going to kind of end this streak? Let up. Um, surprisingly, the home team isn't favorite. Uh, but Tennessee's weakness this year has been kind of higher profiled offenses, and the expected return of Jamar Chase could yield the push in Cincinnati's uh, favor. Tennessee's been dominant against the run this year. Um, but a team that likes to suffocate their opponents with their own running game and put their teams behind, which is they're one of the best teams in the league to play with a lead. Um, you get the Bengals team that comes in potentially full powered in their passing game. I actually like the Bengals in this. 
Um, just depends if Jamar Chase plays. If Chase doesn't play, I think you'd smash uh, Tennessee and and whatever points they're getting. I think Vegas is is setting these lines as if Chase is is gonna play. I would be surprised that Tennessee would be wouldn't be favored in a game if Chase isn't expected to play. As for the over under, it's the Bengals offense has been fucking steamrolling outside of that one oopsie game against Cleveland at the first of November. It's been, you know, 30 plus the past five weeks besides that one game. So four and one over those in, in that span. It's, it's a, a tough to ignore. So I'll take Sensi and I'll think I'll take the over in this as well. Uh, Tennessee giving up ten less points to wide receivers. So again, if Chase plays, you're you're in really good shape here. Um, you know, most of that over the last couple weeks actually looks like who the hell is Jalen Virgil? Well, anyway. That's not a good point. If he's the one, if he scored a bunch of points, I don't, I don't know the name at all. Yeah, thirteen points Never PPR heard. over Cortland Sutton last week. Well, and that that's kind of what I'm looking at is. Is he like the fill-in in the slot for because Randall Cobb is who did it, and then Juju did it, and then Nicole Hardman. So it's a gadgety outside. Bears Campbell yeah. gadgety outside. So just kind of looking at the style of receiver here. I mean, you're totally fine with Chase if he's healthy. If not, you're you're fine with T because that's how they're going to get it done. I think a lot of people want to run at Samaje P Ryan this week. But we talked about it. I don't remember if we were on air yet or not. We might have been. I think we were. I think it was in the news segment where, you know, Tennessee's given up one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown to the running back all season. Yeah. So it's been bad. You got a lot. You better hope for a lot of floor out of Samaj P. Ryan if you plan on starting him. Um, the Titan side of this, you can't trust anything other than Derrick Henry. You can't yeah. even trust Traylon Burks? No. Yeah, I'm super pumped that he got a high target share. Right? I love I mean, him if, for DFS. Yeah. It's uh for DFS. Cincinnati can get up like early. I think there's there might be some chances here. There are, but if it's a neutral game script, because I expect Tennessee to be able to relatively suffocate that, especially how given how bad Cincinnati's line is, that I don't know if the game script goes towards Burks. But Burks already had 14 targets over the last few games. I like to see how it, uh, as he continues to get healthy. There's a difference between trust and believe there's upside there. Let me put it I, that I, way. I like both. I have, I have trust and upside. In it. I don't trust him. I believe there's upside there. I, I, uh, if you believe this game can be higher scoring, I think there's, a, I there's, don't. <laughs> That's yeah, I my do. problem. I yeah, do not. like it, it's, uh, it's a game where expect. Obviously, neutral game strip to stay the same. What's the over under t- on this one, Dan? Uh, forty three and a half. Yeah. So, so Vegas doesn't either. It's a it's a middle of the road game total. This is pretty much been average. It's like the rarity of seeing fifty plus has been a lot lower. As point scores have been down all season long, I think it's the target share over the past couple of games, especially last week, is where I I, I like to see it one more week. But I can definitely see the excitement of wanting to play him. I see that finally as he finally gets healthy and to see him overtake Woods and NWI. 
I think there's upside there. NWI was never a threat, but I think that there's. Oh, uh, I, I know, I know. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a, uh, upside there. I completely agree with that. Bengals twenty third in points allowed to the wide receiver over the last, you know, three weeks. Pickens just had himself a good game, but you know, it's the wide receiver twos that have a good game against them. I was looking that up. Yes, it is. It is the twos that are doing better. So, you know, it's Pickens to two. Well, he's all targeted. He's all targeted and and produced over Deej or over uh, Deontay. I think Johnson, it's outside receivers that are doing better. <laughs> Deontay Johnson's playing out of the slot primarily, right? So yeah, it's it's outside receivers that are that are doing better. Where's where's is Burks playing primarily outside? He plays I'm, on the outside, yeah. I'd assume. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's upside to be had here. Trust though, trust is a strong word, especially in a game I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's be a fun game. I like Trey Lambert this week, so forty two hundred dollars upside. Sure. Oh yeah, forty two hundred bucks. You can't go wrong for that price. That's a Black uh, Friday deal right there. Deontay Johnson's a primarily outside receiver, just a nine point three percent slot rate. Really? Is yeah. Pickens playing more in the slot, or is I think it... I think Pickens was always outside. I think is Claypool. I think they run a lot of. Uh, well, I don't the know. If they run a lot of wide receiver three sets. Probably not. But I, I'm, I thought Claypool was primarily their inside, kind of their 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 big gadget. If there's a big gadget player, yeah, uh, Claypool, sixty point two percent. That's number sense. three in the league. So it was, it's always been Claypool. My bad. Whoops. But either way, I, I, I think we're starting to see the change of the guard there as Pickens. I mean, he's just a better outside option, anyways, than. Than Deontay. Like no, Frickin no, Pickens, Pickens is Pickens is a beast. Yeah. Right. Um, not to say that Burks can't be, but I agree. I mean, again, it's one of those where I, I can see the game script, you know, given enough to push the receiving out of the door, for, you know, for everybody, or it can be a slow grind game if Henry and Tennessee really takes over right. early on. Dan, I think you're with me on this one where you definitely see the, the path to upside for Burks, but you don't necessarily trust that it's going to be there. I'm not rushing to play them in yes. kind of shallower leagues, but if no. I'm in deeper leagues, there's definitely enough upside to, to play them over fringe options. All those fringe options. Yeah, or if I'm just at a point where I need to play all upside, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I am in your league where I'm playing Nick, who I have no prayer beating unless people go <laughs> off, then I'm going to play all upside. So, yeah, no, I agree with that. Right. Or in any D, you know, any other DFS. Don't go trace the. Don't go chasing after the Trenton Irwin from the Cincinnati Bengals either from last week. That was just a fluke. He's been on the practice squad and been brought up three times in a row now. So <laughs> don't chase it. With Jamar Chase slated the comeback, I don't think anyone should be chasing uh, Steve well, Irwin's like, uh, yeah. bastard child the here. You just see the flock hanging out of the back of the helmet. Like, who the hell is this number 16 guy on the field now? I thought it was still Alex Erickson and realized it wasn't. That's what I thought. I'm like, well, I guess I'm, I, I got the raw and slow white receiver that, that, that yields punts. Yeah, it's like Samson. I, I was way off. All right. Houston at Miami. Miami's 14 point favorites at home. 46 and a half is the game total. I've said it all year. Uh, double digit point spreads scare me because there's so many. There's just so many ways to lose on the back to a touchdown if a team's up big and they start to play lax in a game in which they that they're not gonna lose, they'll just give up and play kind of more soft defense. Houston's fucking garbage though. Miami is firing out cylinders. I think they're up there with the Chiefs, the best team in football. 
um, you know, Mike McDaniels and Tua in this entire offense is just firepower after firepower. I, 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 I'm not slamming the door or I'm not slamming, you know, pounding the table to take Miami here in the points, but, um, I can see a reason why to put some money on it. Again, I wouldn't put my mortgage on it, but I can you see a reason a, why to put points. You don't have a mortgage. I don't have a, yeah. Well, I, mean, <laughs> so, I pay it. I pay you, it. I pay it. Of course you can put it. It's not a lot on it. Yeah. But I could pay it. But again, these uh, double digit point spreads, even against bad teams can just can go awry. If you get a couple, you know, turnovers and Houston scores, you know, a couple touchdowns, a couple, you know, scoring drives early, it can really be a hard time to push the over or push the spread to be covered. But, um, sorry, didn't mean to call you out like that. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, you want to sprinkle a little cash in Miami by all means. I damn sure you're putting my mortgage on it. No. no, I mean, mine's very low. So, um, yeah, we ain't got to go into those. I ain't putting my mortgage on it. Um, <laughs> Well, I don't even know what the point spread was. I'm still not doing uh, uh, 14. Nope. Yeah. Uh, but start all your dolphins. By the way, most are uh, not practicing with a knee injury. So all Jeff Wilson all the time this week. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Flip side of this for the Texans. Damian Pierce is startable again after a couple male weeks of predictably not playing well. So. Yay there, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. The Texans are starting to Kyle <laughs> Allen. There's not a lot you can be excited about. So that's something we didn't mention in the news because that's what happens when I only get to half prep the news. Davis Mills not starting this week. He's been benched. Well, I mean, it's it's okay to go. It's, yeah. 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 it's on the same level of like Carolina switching quarterbacks. Yeah, except yeah. Carolina switching quarterbacks between a bunch of guys with perceived upside and Houston switching between Kyle Allen and Davis Mills. Maybe Brandon Cooks <laughs> will be a thing then. Maybe they get CJ Stroud next year. Who knows? Oh God. Yeah. They don't deserve a they don't deserve they that. don't deserve him. No, they can have Stroud. I want Bryce Young to the Lions. Well, you all gotta like step up that draft position a little bit then if that's what you well, want. If the Rams keep losing, we'll be doing fine. <laughs> oh and yeah, I'll you're, see, bank, you're banking on the Rams draft pick. Yep, and I'll see the Rams win another crazy. game, so I feel pretty good. You're straight up in division with the Bears when they end up there. <laughs> that is so gross. Kyle Allen started. Yes. But, yeah, Tyree Kill, Jalen Wall. I mean, those are easy like fire up, especially in DFS. Because yeah. uh, what's those... Jeff Wilson's price? Sixty one hundred. It's my guess. No, fifty nine hundred. Oh yeah, I actually wrote about him in DFS. It was uh, between oh, him and Mostert. Yeah. Chalk, 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 chalk. Yeah. Him and White. Him and White. Been, him and White. Be your most, uh, your most chalky plays in GPPs this week. Yeah, because I had him and Mostert as both good plays because they were both fifty nine, fifty seven hundred. So I was like, oh, that's an easy smash because if that tandem works out. But yeah, now with Jeff Wilson, just doing it. Yeah, I'd spend the fifty nine hundred bucks on it all day long. And there's no uh, Derek Stingley is out for this game also, mm-hmm. so no shutting down anyone on that one. And, and maybe all their points in the first half, and they just rest the starters in the third quarter. Right? <laughs> maybe maybe go with Mike Kosicki. You know, you see him do the gritty in the end zone again as he tries. No, to no, 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 
$3,500. Well, that's, that's fine. But Josh don't do the Jacobs fucking gritty. Downgraded to questionable. Breaking no. news. Uh-oh. Who's downgraded to questionable? Jacobs. Late uh, week injuries are never fun. Uh-oh. Late week downgrade. Hey, could it be my like, Zamir? Uh, is it Zamir White week? I'd go pick matter? up Zamir White. Yeah, because I would go pick up Zamir White. It's going to be Amir Abdullah. It's going to be Abdullah. Don't get it twisted, Ryan. <laughs> Amir Abdullah Al Mongata. Zamir White's not good. Neither is Amir Abdullah, but. <laughs> I still like my Zamir White. I know you do. That's fine. It's okay to like things that aren't good for you. I mean, Hopper likes. He, he, he made his living off of uh, liking you, quarterbacks. Have you met quarterbacks that are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like me with all positions. I don't think you read my Baker Mayfield jersey now. I can't even wear it. I gave it to my son, I think. Why would you do that? You're a terrible what did he father. do to you? What did he do to you? Hey, if I wanted to catch an interception, I could give him the jersey. I know for a fact I'll catch it if he throws uh, it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Progressive at home. Is that it for that, for that game? Yeah. All right. We're talking about Baker Mayfield. And we we're just we're talking about something that could be actually worse. The Bears versus the Jets. The Jets are six point favorites at home. Well, this Thirty-eight actually doesn't look bad with Mike White starting. Thirty-eight and a half is the game total. Uh the battle of backups potentially it feels is the rest as you should. Mike Trevor, White slid it as a, the worst backup. Oh my God, slid it as a starter. Um, I say fuck the spread. Just bet the under. I, I just just bet the under this I, I, without fields. I don't know if Chicago scores in any points. Maybe they can run one in, but with how good the offensive line is play, but it's, sometimes it doesn't matter how good you are if you're very one dimensional. Nope. And uh, without the pressure of fields yeah. on every drop back, whether it be a run or a pass, and the Jets defense being good. Yeah, the Jets defense being hyper suffocating. Very good. I almost say take the Jets in the under. <laughs> the offense might actually have some red zone drives for once. Yikes. Yeah, David Montgomery for the Bears and nothing else. Cole Komet's been good, but without fields, I don't want to trust that, but he's probably your best receiving option. Um, the Jets side of this with Mike White, I actually want to smash on Garrett Wilson. Um, and Elijah Moore. And, and Elijah Moore, yeah. Um, and Michael Carter. And Michael Carter. That was Especially the other, PPR. other route I was going to go. Yeah, mash on, on Michael Carter as well. I haven't seen James Robinson's in, injury report status. I'm going to check that right now. I don't think he has one. He didn't play last week. Hold on. Gotta fucking find it. There it is. Um, he had seven attempts. Yeah, he, does, he, does, he does not have one. So... But yeah, you're not going that route. But Michael Carter, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is kind of a YOLO play. Garrett Wilson, though, I think is a a smash given recent performance. And you throw Mike White in there, who is a better passer at this point. Yeah, absolutely. That's a smash. Bear secondary is good, but, you know, I agree with Dan. Under in the Jets is the most intriguing thing here. Even for fantasy football, start the under. <laughs> start, <laughs> start the under. The under. <laughs> Which means just start the defense. Oh, my God. Oh my! Even a DFS Carter, fifty four hundred. Yeah. Guess how much Garrett Wilson is? Too much. 
63. Oh my god. No. Why is he less? Why is he less than wait? So what is Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore is thirty five hundred. Garrett Wilson's uh Devin Duvernay is the most expensive one at fifty one. It might be. I mean it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to create a lineup to where you can you can uh, you're gonna stack Jets players, but Mike White's gotta be probably minimum. Mike Wade is for quarterbacks. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be minimum for quarterbacks. My God, if only the game total you know, gave me more happiness to want to play <laughs> a little more strongly into that game. Yeah, he's the cheapest for starting quarterbacks. He should be. Oh, no, I mean, no, actually, Kyle Allen is forty eight hundred. Kyle Allen. Okay, that's um, yeah. I'll I'll pay up a hundred dollars more from from Kyle <laughs> I, Allen to. I think I think you can afford White. it. Yeah, I I think we can afford that. All right, on to the three o'clock games here. Raiders at Seahawks. Seahawks are three and a half point favorites. 47 and a half is a game total. I think this is the second highest game total left on the slate here from Thursday's games. There's one more. The next game is the highest at 48 and a half. This one's got sneaky upside um, in terms of offensive output. Both defenses are struggling to stop both, you know, both of the pass, yeah, really anything anything. at all. Um, you have a journeyman plus type of quarterback. It just depends what Derek Carr we're going to get. The more turnover prone, or the one that just constantly throws to Devonte Adams. And that's You're going to get the one that is the one, the guy that <laughs> hurts all the toys in Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he totally does look like that kid. Uh, <laughs> potentially, no Josh Jacobs means potentially even more passing. As uh, I can't imagine, there's an actual benefactory to 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 know Jacobs split backfield. Maybe Zamir White gets a lot, you know, gets the gets the bulk of the between the tackles rushes, but yeah, just take, yellow play. I would take Seattle in the points. They're going to continue on this insane ride that they've been on this year. Gino is going to have to only really you know really worry about Max Crosby on the D line. Hopper's trying to relive his his days in first grade. He looks like the kid from from the Little Rascals. Not Spanky. Very like me. No, it is Spanky. Yeah, Spanky. That, that hat went on totally crooked. Jesus. Still some is good shit. I know. Let me funny. tell you. Um, Raiders are watching Josh Jacobs, really, because if he plays, then that's a chalk start. Otherwise... You might have a YOLO and Amir Abdullah. Um, it's good late week pickup for free, just in case. Not Zamir White. <laughs> um, Seahawks side of things, Walker, Metcalf, Lockett, start them all. Gino Smith, absolutely good with him this week. Carr could be a streamer, just depends. Yep. Ryan. I like both quarterbacks as uh, DFS plays because they both throw in multiple touchdowns. Carr's done in the last three games. Geno's done it in the last four games. The only difference is three hundred dollars. You know, do you want to spend more for Geno at six grand, or you want to spend less for Derek Carr at fifty seven hundred? Plus, Derek Carr tends to go over three hundred uh, yards once in a while, which is also bonus points for you in uh, DraftKings. Once in a while, <laughs> he goes he over three hundred yards once in a while. He's done it three times or twice this year. <laughs> I, 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 but I think it's going to happen for a third time. 
this would be a matchup to suggest he can go over 300 yards. I yeah. I mean, if there's ever a time to start him, oh my this would God. be a time. <laughs> Screen goes over 300 occasionally. Well, do you know the Raiders have been getting up an average of 289 passing yards a game? So I wouldn't be surprised if even Geno goes over 300. This is going to be a very popular game. Does he, does he do that occasionally game, also? Or... No. When is the last time Geno went over 300 yards? Uh, a while ago. Whoops. We're going to look. It was not this season at all. Oh wait, no, week three, three twenty-five, week four, three twenty. So he's gone twice. So four. he's also he's also looking for his three. He's so he also, also does it. He also does. Derek Carr goes over three hundred yards on occasion. He's done it twice this year. Geno Smith does not do that on occasion. He's also done it twice this year. So as of lately, he has not done it. Neither is Carr. Carr did it a couple weeks ago. Like two. Like last. Like last week. <laughs> three oh seven last week. Uh, Carr's done it recently. He's week eleven. He went three hundred seven. Well, we know that both teams can't stop anybody. So there's a... before that, he hadn't done it since week three. I like your call on that. <laughs> I don't even know what my call is on that. <laughs> it's call as you still play them. They're going to be cheap yeah, options. This is the cheap game stack compared to the next game we're going to talk about. It's what I'm naming the show. Derek Gargas over 300 yards on occasion. Or Zermira White, eight attempts for 19 yards, averaging 2.1 yards per carry. Boom. Mm. He's going to get it done this week, boys. Zamir White out. Zamir White or Isaiah Spiller in his 22 yards. It's going to be a (laughs) Zamir White out. (laughs) Another great name name show. Derek Carr occasionally goes over 300. Zamir White out. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's get to the highest scoring game of the week per game total. Please. Chargers at the Cardinals. Chargers are three-point favorites. 48 and a half is the game total. And about 20 minutes ago, Mike Williams has been ruled out uh, for this game. So we almost got a game where everyone's healthy. If you're watching on YouTube, it looks like I don't have eyes right now. I, I know I can see that. He's a, he's eyeless. Um. Both offenses are starting to find and, and turn their corner. Um, take the over. Generally, you can't go wrong when you bet the over on the highest game total of the week. Also, generally, you can't go wrong when you start things from the highest game total of the week. Um, Keenan Allen's going to play. Mike Williams is not going to play. As you just talked about, Josh Palmer, a big week. So you're absolutely okay with that. He... You know, both guys were active and he still showed the most value. So, you know, with Mike Williams out, you can absolutely run that direction. Austin Eckler as well. Um, other side of this, who are they playing? The Cardinals. Cardinals. Right. They're back at nearly full strength. So Hopkins, yes. Uh Murray, yes. Marquise Brown, Hollywood is gonna be an interesting one. I think that you can play that, but um, you might be looking at all upside for that one. Just, you know, we haven't seen this full team healthy, so it's hard to to put any type of perception on that. But Greg Dorch went for 66 yards last week in that wide receiver two role. Rondell Moore, um, whoever has been the two on this team has been has been viable all season. And so I think that gives you a reason to have some confidence in Marquise Brown. Uh, Gerald Everett. 
should be on track to play as well. If, you, if you're uh, some Titans, uh, you can also play James Conner. I mean, basically, if it might be fantasy relevant in this game, play it because there's a lot of shit this week. Otherwise, if there is a pulse, play it. <laughs> if there's a fantasy pulse. Well, not really. I'm pretty, yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Isaiah Spiller has a pulse. He just sucks. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Occasionally play other players. Occasionally. <laughs> DFS, Ryan. I love Marquise Brown this week at 5,300 as an upside play, especially in tournaments. And Josh Palmer, too, with Mike Williams being out now. Joshua Palmer going back out. I mean, he had 10 targets last week. So, I mean, that's something to be serious about. Along with eight receptions, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. So, he'd be serving as the number two at 5,400. And, and that's pretty much it for this. Nothing else I can really... I mean, let's... No, nah, never mind. We'll move on. Move on. All right. Four games left. Let's get to the highest game spread of the week. Rams at the Chiefs. Chiefs, 15 and a half point favorites at home. 42 and a half is the game total. Vegas has no trust in the Rams of actually putting up any points. Especially not without Stafford. And it's all about what, how much points will the Chiefs need to score to, to eventually rest the starters in the third quarter. Um, I'm just not going to bet this game. Uh, spreads massively high. They should cover, but you're going to be sweating that out. I think for the majority of the game, and when you start getting backups versus backups, where a lot of random shit could happen. So, just just enjoy the slaughter that will be the Rams. Yeah, this is not going to be pretty. Um, Tyler Higby had eight targets last week, so you can play with that. You can play with Allen Robinson. The Rams are going to have to throw a lot, so. You might as well, you know, for volume reasons, not necessarily upside reasons, run out the top two receiving options on that team with Cooper Cup hurt. Um, but it is not going to be pretty. On the Chiefs side of this, uh, you have to like Isaiah Pacheco this week, um, just given game script alone and the fact that Alaire went on IR and Drew Smith-Schuster back from concussion. Uh, neither of us were right about the wide receiver side of the Chiefs last week with Tony. And, and I mean, I, that I was... jokingly guessed Justin Watson. I'm just saying. And you were right. Although that still wasn't pretty either. Three for 67. That's not bad. For Watson? It's not yeah. good. It's better than what we came up with. It's it's a, well, well, it's average. But yeah, no, Juju's back and they desperately needed him back, I think is the takeaway there. So, yeah. That puts Juju, uh, does that put Ramsey on Juju then? I don't think Ramsey will shadow. I, don't, it, I think Ramsey will probably shadow over MVS. Over Kelsey MVS. Just depends on how yeah. all the alignment is on every play. Yeah. I, I can see them putting more focus over the top on Kelsey and then yeah. not wanting to be beat by that. Juju should be, I mean, I'm sure Juju will have some double coverage sometimes. Not more so shadow coverage at double, but I don't see Ramsey following one person. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Juju's the most viable wide receiver. I don't know if he's I don't know if he shadows unless it's like a Justin Jefferson type or Jamal. I know and I know in Jack I know in Jacksonville he didn't. So I don't know that he's gonna be shadowing. Yeah. In fact that he plays play a mixture of both. I could see him moving around. I don't like your call hopper on the Pacheco, but for like for DFS for especially DraftKings where it's 
full PPR. I like Jerry McKinnon at the running back slot there at 4,700. I mean, yeah, last week he only had one target, one catch. The last two weeks before that, I mean, he was eight targets. So I feel yeah, like. Yeah, but is game script going to require them to throw the ball to Jarek McKinnon? They don't pull the ball at the running backs, anyways. They want to. They they want to score fast. They're going to move the ball down the field quick and fast. Well, you don't do that by checking it down. Yeah, they'll give it to Marquez Valdez Scanley too. Yeah. And this and is they... this is an MVS game. <laughs> He's going to burn them. Are you going to keep a... saying that until we actually have an MVS game? Yes. Well, for okay. at four thousand dollars, why not? And my my favorite play this week is the Chiefs defense. Twenty eight hundred dollars. Twenty eight. Yeah, they are. I think they are the, the cheapest. No way. Out of okay, now I just lied. I was gonna say they're still fucking away. They should be one of the highest this week. They should be probably twenty second. Twenty second. Yeah. Well, this is. I mean these these prices are made up before like in the two three weeks before the games are played. So. They're oh, still anticipating much. probably Cup and Stafford and Stafford be my guess. Maybe not Cup, but definitely Stafford. He's he's counting. What is just their what is just their price? I don't really. I mean, twenty four hundred. Yeah, I think dude. So I think that's going to be the most popular play this game. I I, I personally wouldn't play a lot of from this. Or twenty eight. Sorry, twenty eight hundred. Rams this are twenty three hundred. Yeah, just because the Rams aren't going to push any scoring, so this is not my favorite game. Pacheco will be third in chalk probably because they'll yeah. lean harder on the running game. Mahomes will be played because it's Mahomes and Kel- and obviously Kelsey. You'll see naked Kelsey's running around <laughs> in lineups. All right, last three o'clock game here: Saints at the Niners. Niners eight and a half point favorites. Forty three even is the game total here. Both teams are pretty meh when it comes to spreads. Um, Michael Thomas officially back to IR again. If he wasn't already on there. Niners are just cruising along. Uh, Debo was given a questionable tag when uh, when reports came out this afternoon. Still going Niners eight and a half. Like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine with a little more than a touchdown here. This team is rolling. It's going in the right direction. Uh, the question is going to be, can the Saints put up enough points to put this game over? And I'm going to lean with meh. Just take the Niners eight and a half if you want to bet this game. I would lean it. I would not put a lot of money on it, though. Yeah, Niners Saints, this one gets a little tough. Ayuk's been very, very good. Samuel been utilized in a multitude of ways. Kittle um, as a tight end. It's shown some upside. I mean, you know, this is not a game that screams upside in any particular position, but I think that you're still good enough with the Niners to play most positions. McCaffrey, obviously, gets an edge, but even Elijah Mitchell has some flex value, as we've seen. Um, the Saints side of this is a tough defensive matchup, so you know don't get cute here. I think you're still okay with Alave. I don't want anything else in the receiving game though. Obviously Camara. This is not a game that I look at and say, yeah, target this for fantasy. Like the Niners, as we mentioned, they don't feature anyone. So it's like a sum of all parts. They're definitely gonna win this as a better game to bet on. But 
from a fantasy perspective, I don't think you look at this and can pick out that somebody on the Niners is going to blow up. They're all going to be solid, but you don't really have anybody there you can trust to be like, you know, a one at any position or a huge upside play at any position. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Like even DFS wise, I don't see anything that grabs my eye enough to say, oh, I, I have to play him. What Maybe is Mc... Brandon? Because you're looking for touchdown upside. What is McCaffrey's price and his his rank compared to other running backs on the main slate? He's eighty eight hundred, and that puts him as RB one. That puts him at eighty five hundred. It's tough. I mean, most times, most years, you're okay with that price because he gets, you know, over fifty percent of the opportunity for the entire team. That's not really been the case. Since his move to uh, just you know to San Francisco. All right, two games left. Sunday night football: Packers at the Eagles. Eagles six and a half point favorites at home. Forty six and a half is the game total. I'm a little surprised this isn't more than a touchdown, or or I guess this isn't more than seven. Um, I I I like I like Philly in this instance to cover this good defense. Um, the offense has been kind of slow the past couple of weeks, just 38 total points. They generally stay right around that 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 high 20s to low 30s range. AJ Brown is questionable still. Dallas Goddard on IR. So there is some concern of, of the potency of this offense, but Green Bay, outside of their one blow-up game against Dallas, where the big play is galore, they've been one of the the lower scoring offenses. They're still one of the slowest pace offenses. So I'll take Philly in the points and I'll take the under 46 and a half. Jalen hurts on the Eagles side. I don't know how you don't. Um, yeah. Eagles are pretty chalky. Adrian Brown, Miles Sanders, nothing cute there for the Packers side of this. Um, Eagles defense has been decent. Alan Lazard's been the most consistent option. Um, you know, Aaron Jones is the best back that you can start out of this offense. I don't know. Not a game also that screams a lot for, for fantasy. I think the Eagles win this, but you know, Packers like to keep the pace slower. Eagles aren't going to have to push the pace in this one. Kind of meh. I do like Miles Sanders this week, though, at 6,300 going up as he gets to the Packers. And yeah. what, about Chris, what about Christian Watson? Do you think he can keep the touchdown streak going? He's got like five touchdowns in the last six He's quarters. Gonna, so. I, I promise you he's trying. I don't know if they're going to put Slay. I could Slay's shadows. Mm-hmm. So depending on who you think Slay's going to cover between Lazard and him, Probably that's going to be the big – it should be It should be Watson. He's a, he's a more explosive player. Lazard's got the size, though. And they don't really have much behind Slay. I don't think Bradbury's been it's been quite that's you know the same since his days with the with the Panthers. I can see them saying we're not gonna let Watson burn us though, because Lazard isn't the type that's gonna no a bigger burner. body, but he's not gonna But he burn can definitely you. Lazard can still win downfield. He's still great at positioning, still one of the bigger outside threats. Rogers is obviously still one of the best at threading the needles, but I'm just one I it's more so I think depends on who Slay gets. The they got, I mean, Lazard's at 5,800, so that's not a bad deal either. I mean, thank God it's not. More. 
it's not part of the main slate, so you don't have to really, really worry too much about that. No. All right, we got a question before we get to the last game. Unless you have anything else to add, Ryan, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just trying to get the uh, captain things. Yeah, I mean, I I think Lazard, I think, you know, if you want to play one of the cheaper options in the captain slot and not get, you know, too heavily invested in the one player, it's obviously, you know, a fine idea. All right, Big Trev wants to know, uh, Kamara in a tough matchup or Rashad White without without Leonard Fournette? Rashad White. Rashad White, yeah. 100%. Brown, second most points allowed to the running back position over the last five weeks. Love it. I'm going to just pull up Kamara's production. As you guys said, tough matchup against the Niners. We just literally talked about. Uh, target slow. Well, the past three weeks, only uh, only 13 uh, total yards hasn't reached that nice four-game stretch in the middle part of the season. It's been kind of quiet the last three weeks, no touchdowns. Only one game he scored a touchdown in, too. He's got three touchdowns in one game. That's it. Everything else is no touchdowns. So, yeah, I have to call. You guys you guys are both white, correct? Yes. Yeah. All right. Final game, Steelers at the Colts. Colts are two and a half point favorites at home. 39 and a half is the game total. And like most games this week, you don't really got to get cute with betting. This is one of those weeks you can probably just take off side of a couple games. Both teams are pretty meh against the spread. No, Steelers are three and two in the past five games. Uh, a Colts are two and five or are two and three. Um, yeah, I just again, I'm punting this game. I just there's no need to put money on on both teams that are struggling to produce. Yeah, um, just kind of looking at what the Colts have done against a wide receiver here. Obviously, for for Pickens reasons, uh, Adams went for twenty seven point six. McLaurin also went well, so. Um, while the Colts are, are good against the receiving position, I think that um you're you're pretty okay with, with Pickens this week. Um Steelers, the pass rush has been good. Uh, but you know, looking at what the Colts receivers have done the last few weeks, Paris Campbell um has really, really been on a on a good stretch here um as of late. So you're okay with that. Not a ton of upside. There's some floor there, though. It's kind of a YOLO play. Um, same thing for Pittman. You don't, you don't love it, and you don't have to love it. But there's floor there, and you know that's what's gonna win you this week. I think is floor. And looking at all these matchups, there's not a ton of upside anywhere. So, Campbell and Pittman will both have good floor. Uh, Taylor, you're fine with Najee. You're you're fine with. He finally got a touchdown. Harris did so. Uh, you're fine with that. And Pickens, I think, has the most upside out of this entire game. Although it's not huge. It's really a week where there's not a lot of upside and a lot of anything. No, not really at all. Yeah, DFS-wise, it's just like everything Hopper said is how I'd go with it. It's usually the best way to go about things. You just go with whatever I say. <laughs> just go with what I no, I'm trying to bring it up right now. I, I had the original one brought up, but I do like George Pickens a lot. 
Uh, well, that call I do like. All of these takes brought to you by Distill and Dos Madania. So if you don't like anything I said, tweet Distill because yikes, their 14.6% beer has uh, done a number on me and I cannot focus enough to really deep dive any of this. I mean, what about a sneaky play of Paris Campbell? I already mentioned Paris Campbell. It's not very sneaky either. No, I said he's got decent floor and he's been on a relatively good stretch, but there's not. It's been pretty good. Yeah, he's been decent. Alec Pierce? Yeah. It hasn't really done much lately. I was going to say, has he guarded guarded attention? He had the targets last game, but he didn't do anything with them. Great. Great. Hopper loves receivers that get they get targets, but but can't produce with him. I love Snapshare when you don't do anything when you're on the field. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> He's got ninety percent Snapshare, but two targets. Oh, lot. oh, wait a minute! I thought you liked Gabe Davis. Ooh, that's the show. <laughs> that's the show. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Because we've got a full episode. We've got to mention them once. <laughs> <laughs>